Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Everybody, welcome back to Core. This is Core, episode 237. It's Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. I'm Scott Johnson. I got Bo Schwartz here. I got John Jagger here. And boy, howdy, do we have stuff to talk about this week, you guys. It's a big pile of talking, just waiting to be talked about. And a whole lot of things happened since the last time we were here. So if you came in here going, man, hope it's not a boring show about nothing, I got good news for you. We got plenty to talk about. And so we're going to do that right now. All right, guys. So I don't even know where to start. So we're going to start with today. Okay. And work backwards. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that's an okay way okay. to do this, right? It's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. We need to move the bottom story up a bit, but yeah, otherwise yeah, that's it's true. pretty much spot on. Well, and that one, technically we could bring up when we talk about you playing it. We'll, we'll figure that yeah. out, but you want to open with the bottom one that, that, <laughs> Super exciting news story right at the top of the show. Yeah, you know, the, a, the hot no it's man's a real showstopper. That bottom one, let me tell you. Yeah. Um. So here's here's uh, the big one from today. Today it was announced officially that Dreamhaven at Dreamhaven.com was the new video game concern created by Mike Morheim. You may remember him as such hits as Blizzard Entertainment and Synapse and whatever's the old, what was the old one called. Uh, synapses and sausages. Sausages and synapse. No, what was the synapse and silicon or something like silicon that? Silicon and synapse. That was it. Syna- synaptic silicon. Ah. I don't know. You had a, something like that. It's those two words in some order. Whatever it was. Silicon and synapse. That's it. It's a terrible name. I'm glad they changed it. But anyway, uh, Blizzard Entertainment's former CEO and co founder, Mike Morheim, spent a year. Basically, I mean, the way this stuff works is you you spend about a year on on a bit of an NDA, like a like a or non compete rather, and uh, that's typical for most companies, especially big CEO positions like this. That's the same thing that uh, Rob Pardo did when he left Blizzard, just a year of silence, poaching. Yes, and, and you're and you're busy making phone calls and networking and talking to your pals and and whatever because you got a hot new project coming, and for Mike Morheim. It's Dreamhaven, a video game studio that will make and publish games. It's actually, that's like the publishing umbrella company. And below that are two uh, two teams, basically. It's weird. It's almost like they're saying, they're taking the structure that Blizzard had, which was, okay, here's Blizzard, and then we have teams in Blizzard. Team 5 does over or, uh, Hearthstone. Team 2 is WoW or whatever. But they're calling them studios. Yeah, they're calling studios, and they have names. So there's Secret Door is one of them, and Moonshot is the other one. These both sound like illicit drugs, street name drugs. <laughs> See, I was going to say yeah. they both sound like sex moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Or or like mage abilities in World of Warcraft Honey, or something. It's my birthday. 
and I was just wondering if you would be down for a little secret door. <laughs> and if no, because I understand, maybe we can try the moonshot. Yeah, not everybody can handle the secret door. So if you'd prefer <laughs> we do the moonshot, thanks. Thanks, honey. That'd be great. Yeah, like they have they have weird connotations no matter how you look at it. But secret door and moonshot are these two things. And inside of those are many illuminaries from Blizzard, people you will know, like Jason Hayes and specifically Dustin Browder. Nobody knew where he, knew where he went after, first of all, leaving the Heroes team. So well, let's, let's actually just kind of look back at that guy's uh, credentials. He headed up and launched StarCraft II uh, very successfully, moved on to the Heroes team and made what we believe to be the best MOBA on the market, uh, and then was supposedly on a super secret project, which was what uh, had been revealed that he was in charge of this StarCraft based kind of battlefield first person shooter multiplayer thing that got canceled. And then he was gone and nobody know. We knew he'd left, but we didn't know where he went. Um, now we know where he went. <laughs> he's, he's the studio head of moonshot. By the way, sorry to interrupt you go, but when you look at these um, panels on the Dreamhaven site. Yeah. You see Dustin Browder's. When you hover over them, it shows them an alternate picture with other secret facts. Yeah, Dustin Browder's is my favorite one. Well, why is that? It tell, looks tell like he's DMing D and D at a laptop style game, and he's wearing a skull. <laughs> oh and yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> it makes me love this man. Uh, I don't know. Alan DeBeery's is pretty good too. Cause it looks like he just got shrunk and is like, ah, shucks. I don't fit at the table anymore. Yeah. yeah it actually looks pretty <laughs> good too. I didn't notice the chairs. His is really weird. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Um, I'm trying to get these up in front of me. So I, kind of, <laughs> I, got, I got to meet Alan. You know really They're nice. all pretty good. I'm going through them. There's a lot of really good ones. Dustin Browder's is fantastic too. Yeah, they're they actually. Uh, I will. I'll say something about all of this. Both Dreamhaven.com and the two sister sites for uh, Moonshot and Secret Door are some of the best web design I've seen anywhere. <laughs> I don't know who they hired or what happened in between here. And, you know, when you got all the money in the world, I guess it doesn't matter. You can hire whatever you want. But it is a beautiful, amazingly animated, super unique web experience on all three counts. Just browse around those sites and you'll be like, oh, oh, fancy. Yeah, sorry. Mike Morheim's secret picture is him playing bass, which is also awesome. Now, Mm -hmm. because, you know, he looks like, I mean, Mike, if you're listening, no offense, but you look like a businessman. I don't. I, I imagine you are, so it's not offensive. But you know, this is your picture is very. You know, hi, I'm Mike Moore. I'm mm-hmm. a friendly guy. Want to do business together? And then he's rocking out with bass on the other side, like bam. Now, wasn't anyway. Chris Signity? He's he he was the guitarist for uh, the band, right? The yeah. uh, elite. Yeah. I think that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. He's making out with Chewbacca on his photo. So he is head of studio studio head of Secret Door. That's his. That's his thing. That's his job. Uh, studio head of the other one is Dustin Browder. Oh, no, no, it's not. Sorry. Hold on. It's uh, trying to find studio head for the second company, and I'm having a hard time finding it. They don't really have these in an order that's sensible. No, I went to each of the, the sites, and they don't like list who's part of who on their sites. Like The whole roster is on the main uh, Dreamhaven right. deal, which is where I'm looking um, right now. Like Alan DeBerry, what that's an interesting one because Alan DeBerry was very much in a uh, I'm taking over for Browder role on the Heroes team, and uh, you know, sort of in charge of design and you know, 
the game itself. Well, he was credited with being a very important figure behind the scenes. Wooden Browder was was the figurehead as well. Right, right. But in DeBerry's yeah. case, for his brief tenure over there doing that, his his thing is secret door engineering. That surprised me. He's not there as a designer. Oh, um, I need him for our D and D game then. If he knows how to make good secret doors, yeah, secret doors. <laughs> I wonder if he'll do a bit of pro bono work uh, for the door authority. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Dustin Browder moonshot design is what he's listed at. Now I can't find studio head for the second thing, but oh, there it is. Jason Chase, that's who it is. Jason Chase okay. is the uh, moonshot studio head. So between those two, they kind of run the two things. They report to Morheim, who's in charge of all of it, and. Uh, well, I was going to get to, oh, later in the show, when we get to the Bozone layer, not, by mm-hmm. the way, some people think we're saying Bozo layer. We're not, we're not saying Bozo no. like the clown. We're saying no. the bow Schwartz, Bo Schwartz, Bozone layer, like ozone layer. Right. Nothing to do with the clown. Okay. I just want to. The layer that needs to be protected. Right. The one that we're screwed. chewing away yeah. with our yeah. hairspray. But and really, you're, you're polluting me with all your garbage and I'm degrading into nothingness. So that's if, if appropriate. If you spray him <laughs> with aerosol sprays, he will go away. Yeah. Which we don't want. We want him to hang we around. Don't want. So, yeah. uh, so anyway, you're probably wondering what that section's about if this is their first time listening. They're yeah, like, you might. Wonder. You've made it less clear. <laughs> this is true. We totally have. So, so later in the show, we're going to talk a little bit about what I think that even that name means, uh, Dreamhaven, because I think it's significant and it's an interesting thing. But before we get into any of that, new studio, they're going to make and publish games. Bunch of Blizzard luminaries. If this feels similar to what Bonfire Games was with, with uh, Rob Pardo leaving a couple of years ago, a few years ago now. Uh, and taking people like Josh Mascara off the Diablo team and taking him with him and some top artists. Although the one big top artist they took to Bonfire isn't on the list, isn't on their uh, employee list anymore. I don't know what happened there. I forgot his name. Oh, is that the guy that did like the the WoW covers? Some of, like the key art? The big yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't want to guess that name. He's not there so anymore. So I thought, oh, wait a minute. Did he, maybe he moved over to this. Maybe he's playing a little hopscotch between the two or something, but he's not on here either. So, so I don't know what to so make. Maybe we should know because he's done a lot of iconic Blizzard key art. Oh yeah, he's the man. He's the best they had, I think, and they took him. So I don't know what he's doing now. But um, anyway, between these these two offshoot studios from Blizzard, you're not. I mean, we haven't seen Jack out of Bonfire. I mean, they have a website and they have descriptions of each other, and that's it. So if you're looking for a quick turnaround on what their game's going to be here at uh, Dreamhaven on either of these two studio fronts. Don't look for it very soon. I don't think we know what they're making for a good couple of years, but I still, and I made this bet on Twitter and I'll hold to it. I think in the end, the first playable game from Bonfire and from Dreamhaven will come out of Dreamhaven first. I don't know why I think that. They've had less time. I just think it. So, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'm actually, I think I'd be in your camp. You yeah. think something's coming from Dreamhaven first itself? Here, and not here's the, the here's what I think. I think Bonfire is, you know, a very talented group of people. I don't want to sound like I'm besmirching them by talking up the other. But I think to me, um, and I'm seeing chat say something similar. I think that Dreamhaven isn't going to just be triple a huge big budget games i don't think it's going to be that i think they're going to also do smaller things 
And so I think with Bonfire, you have a studio that's probably aiming more in that AAA space. And I think with Dreamhaven, you're going to have something that's aiming maybe a little all over the place. Yeah. And as a result, I think probably it will be easier for them to get something out the door before yeah, the other. That's my take as well. And keep in mind mm. that there's a big contingent in the new company in, in Dreamhaven that are all ex uh, Hearthstone. Hearthstone. People. I was going to say Moonshot to me sounds like the TCG. Yeah. Company. And they may not be doing a TCG. And when you but, scroll through their stuff, they it's very Hearthstone. The art and the card that they show. Oh, yeah. It's hearthstone yeah well, they're very the secret door site is all pixel art which made me also think maybe smaller more indie yeah so. they could be um there's no way i mean obviously we don't know what they're working on yet but i just i have this feeling that if we get announcements about games out of either of these two parent studios meaning either Dreamhaven or separately bonfire which is not not affiliated with them at all other than their ex-blizzard oh. people doing their own thing um or maybe it's easier to say, will Morheim or Pardo produce a game first? I think Morheim will. Actually, I think we have it backwards. I see Jason and Eric on the Secret Door team. If you scroll down far enough, you'll see on that. Yeah, Jason Dustin Browder is. is on the Moonshot game, so this will be the RTS. <laughs> Uh, well see that's see that's I mean, it's, it's like they're, they're gonna say a lot of stuff but like the pedigree of the people here i mean it could it could be off they have a weird mix um so we don't know like it's a weird mix of people there are people that are known for their uh for their rts skills <laughs> you know like that's kind of their focus uh browder's clearly you know a big strategic thinker and so what will what will games look like that he's in charge of i don't know what will games look like that the other dude's in charge of? I don't know. Like, I'm really anxious to see, but I just think that, you know, if I'm making a bet, I'll put 10 bucks down that we get a game out of Dreamhaven before we do out of Rob Pardo studio. And is that game the sequel to world of Warcraft? No, it won't be. (laughs) Yes. World of Warcraft two. No, (laughs) no, not, not, not world of Warcraft two, but I mean, you know, world of Warcraft happened under Mike's watch. You know, I don't think he wants to, we can all assume that maybe he's not looking to make games at that scale, but also the website's pretty swanky and it implies connecting people all across the world for game shared game experiences. Yeah. Which he's, and we know he likes that genre. I mean, we don't know what goes on inside, but I know I've brought up the conversation of, can we have, are we just going to do world of Warcraft forever? (laughs) Like what what are we doing? Warcraft formed on the back of them complaining about EverQuest and like, man, if we could do this, I imagine, imagine Mike now complaining, like, cause EverQuest was like complete city, right? They made world of Warcraft and Mm -hmm. it was successful, but I don't think you make a game and then go so many years just wanting to make the same game. You're just like, okay, What's next? Let's let now World of Warcraft's annoying and old. What do we do in the second iteration? It probably never happened. Annoying and old. And whatever's next. I mean, you know, they're working on Titan. There's pe- they're, they're people filled with ideas. I don't think any of them are like, okay, I have one idea. That idea is done. Now I'm just interested in that idea. Like artists don't do that. They move on all the time. So I'm just curious because there's a lot of implied connect connectivity, community language on there. A lot of the values reflect that. This feels like, even if it isn't in the scale of Blizzard, that it's going to be 
blizzard and <laughs> and that's what's happening here like and it, it's not a far stretch to imagine that an online world would not be something that a company called dream haven with vistas of beautiful havens is not working yeah, I, I, th- I understand where you're coming from and i think i actually agree here's what i would say though about this situation and we're going to get in the bozone into this a little bit deeper but on the surface level this is clearly unless I'm crazy. This is clearly Mike Morheim going, all right, well, I helped found that other thing. And that other thing was amazing. And it got big and huge, but it was always on the, we were always slave to somebody. Somebody always had the money dangling over us. Cause that's just how it worked. That's how we had to fund this company. And that goes way back, by the way, there were companies that mm-hmm. own, own most of blizzard for most of its, its existence. People think just Activision, but that's a much later thing in a long line of how do we fund this company? We're talking about a company founded in the early nineties. Nobody's got any money. They're all just barely graduating or not even, not even graduating college when they started it. So it's a different time, different thing. He builds it into this really successful thing. At some point it starts to bump into itself and go, well, crap, these ideas and these values that Mike and others, uh, Frank to some level, Frank Paris and the other, the other dude, I have something to say about him in a second, but the three of them had these values, these ideas, these foundations for what it was to make these games, to make these experiences. And they stuck to those pretty well for a very long time. And then at some point, shareholding and uh, Activision's needs and the financial pressure of it all began to conflict with those values and have for years. And uh, even the part, and a lot of it was happening before we started seeing it. It was happening internally. And uh, Titan, the fall of Titan. This actually sounds like a movie or something. Fall of Titan. Remember the Titans? Well, anyway. there's Remember the Titans, and there's the there's a there's a Titan Greek god AD. Titan. Oh, Titan. No, AD. there's there's a Titan one with like um, Clash of the Titans. That's it. <laughs> Wait, and then the Australian the, guy. What's the one with the the naked muscle people that are huge and go to eat your city? What's that called? Attack on Titan. Uh, Attack, Attack, Attack on, on Titan. Titan. Right. So apparently yeah. we've done all the Titans now, but. Uh, they uh, they had all of this internal strife. Now that stuff's a little more public. Veterans of the company have slowly bled away and gone away, including now top dude Mike Morheim leaves, and it's gone for a year and a half before we hear really hear much about what's going on. And the way I see that whole picture is this: he wants to do this again, but on his terms, and have his terms be there from day one until whenever it ends, and that means. It's his money now, and it's his investment, and he gets to choose who other possible angel investors are if he even needs them. Um, that part of it he gets full control over, and there is no Activision in this. There is no other publisher that they have to appease in any way to do what they want to do. And I think the name Dreamhaven alone, I mean, it could be they were just out of domains and they just <laughs> had to get the best one they had. But I really, I really do think it's, it stands for something. It means, hey, we have the dreams we have about these experiences, about these productions, about this art we make, and we'd like to have a haven in which we can do it freely without the pressures of the corporate world. Yeah. I think that's what this is. This is the Blizzard incubator. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Because for Blizzard, Blizzard to people, whether we like it or not, is Warcraft, Diablo, Starcraft, Overwatch, and... We want new things all the time, but you know, we, they're really brand based. Right. 
Sorry. Go we ahead. Do, uh, we do a lot of talking about Blizzard and, you know, Scott, you do a you do a show, I believe, talks a little bit about Blizzard from yeah, time to time. Just a little bit. Yeah. It's, very, it's very easy on those shows for people to kind of come out of the woodwork and immediately throw Activision around as the big bad boogeyman. But I think in this case, I think we're at a point where when you read the kinds of articles that uh, Jason Schreier wrote, who has got a good track record, there's really no reason not to believe what he wrote about Blizzard. And well, we some of it was direct quotes, were, right? Some of it was like Morheim quotes, even where he was like, "Yeah, things things toward the end got too hard." Where you know, he basically described this clash yeah. in his own words, and then those got reported. I think people forget he was talking like that, right? Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, that's an important thing to note that those were like, that's, those are credited quotes that he got out of him, not just him making, you know, saying that he's got some inside source telling him something. Yeah. And, and I think that we have to just say like, it's clear that that studio in recent years has been encroached on by Activision and been made to be something that they, not everybody there wants to be. And so it makes sense that they said, all right, great. We'll go do our own thing. We don't have to tie ourselves to this rock anymore. We can go out and we can make video games anywhere and we can keep that philosophy alive. Right. And his other choice was he has more money than God. He doesn't need to do anything. If he wanted, he could just vacation for the rest of his life, hang out with his kids and his wife and just not just that's it. But one gets the impression. I've always had the impression that Mike was legit about his passion for this stuff. Like seemed like it was really in him to want to push it further, make more, do more cool stuff, but not necessarily to manage more or to worry about profits more or any of that. He wanted to just make it, make big things happen. This is their chance. And he gets to start over without any of that stuff hanging over him. There's no Vivendi to deal with. There's no Activision. There's no whatever brothers thing it was before that. There's none of that stuff. It's just make what we want to make, cancel it if we have to, make another one, like back to what they did the best as long as they could do it before it got weird. Because clearly it got weird. By the way, you'll notice we haven't mentioned Chris Metzen's name in here at all because Chris Metzen isn't there. He didn't go with them. So for everyone out there going, oh, I can't wait for Metzen to announce that he's going to join. I keep saying Gloomhaven in my head. Uh, Dreamhaven. Oh, poor Gloomhaven, by the way. They're going to get muscled out brand style. No one's going to remember Gloomhaven once Dreamhaven hits I don't know. It might be the other way because Gloomhaven is beloved, man. People freaking love that thing. But anyway. You know what? Uh, Overrated. Maybe Dreamhaven will do. I've played Gloomhaven. It's overrated. It's really? I I think it's pretty good. Well, you played the video game version. Well, you haven't played with the box with 500,000 pieces in it. Well, I have the lower, okay. I have the wolf And one. some people it's dig small. that kind of thing. It's yeah. not for everyone. I yeah. don't enjoy having 500,000. I, I like a lot of pieces. I like a good board game. Yeah. It's got too, it's too much. See, they it's just added, uh, they just re-released Hero Quest. And I got really excited about it. But our, our friend Dan, the tabletop man, yeah. said, you'd be better off just buying Gloomhaven. Well, he he and told he's me probably not wrong. He got well, he me to talk get, to me. Yet. <laughs> well, hold on. He got me to buy that Gloomhaven Wolf's Wolf Monkey of the Wolf or what is it? Wolf uh, of Wall Street. No, Gloomhaven Lion. Something with a lion in it. <laughs> a different animal altogether. Oh, there it is. Gloomhaven <laughs> Jaw, Jaws of the Lion. That's it. So, Bo, you should check that out because it's basically 
Um, it's a video game. No, it's the board. It's a board game, and it's the reviews are through the roof. People freaking love it. But it's a game that's based on. Have uh, you played it yet? I have it, and I've um, I've unboxed everything. I haven't, yeah, but have you I haven't played, played you run yet. a game yet? I haven't played a game yet, but I'm okay, gonna talk to me after you've run a few sessions. I will, but what I'm saying is, I should be. And you're every, the one that has to set it up and know the rules. Don't you dare offload it onto someone else. No, no. Everybody that's told me, including Dan, they yeah. say, "Look, Gloomhaven's a lot. If you're going to play Gloomhaven, just know you're getting into a thing that you're going to leave yes. that board up. Make sure it's a table in a room no one touches. You're going to be playing it for yes. weeks." Uh, that's not what this is. This is play a game in an hour, play a oh, scenario. Okay. In that might hour. be the right stuff. Cause Gloomhaven is fun. Right. I will, I will not say that it is not a fun tabletop experience. It's just the hour before and the hour after I would skip Gloomhaven entirely. <laughs> 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 There's lots of RPG experiences. I don't need to spend it. That's for someone who really wants to set up boards. I'm glad it's- there's a, I'm I'm sure they've gotten that feedback if they made an entire product to service someone like me. They so, did, they did, and they didn't want yeah. people to think of it as the light version or toned down or watered down. So it just plays differently. Um, but even then, I look at that box and what's in it and think, and I know it's nothing like the regular Gloomhaven, but it's still it's a sizable thing. It's like a big old beefy. Yeah. You know, the, the real Gloomhaven is literally like fifty pounds or so. Like it is monstrous. It's insane. It's, and you're like, I need to get board A1 for this next map. And you're like, okay, here's 300 pieces of cardboard. Find piece A1. And you find it and set it aside. You go to look for A2. And then you lose A1 because someone's <laughs> child walks up to the table and it's gone. <laughs> so I don't know. It depends on – It's I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's overrated. Like You have to account for the fact that a board game – a casual fun board game doesn't take hours to set up. I love the idea of A1 showing up in some kid's diaper like a day later. Because it's so much work that I just yeah. say we should be playing a role-playing game. Yeah. Like at that point. Yeah. Like, like to me, a board game needs to be like five minutes set up, ten minutes, like, and I can have conversations and socialize during the board game and not be like, shut up, everyone. I have to figure out how this rule works and yeah. you're distracting me. Yeah. And you know, stuff like that. So. It might be why it's so popular with tabletop f- people, but not necessarily pen and paper people. You know what I mean? Like, there's a difference. There's like, uh, yeah. people. I, well, some people are like, hey, I, every game I've ever played had a million pieces, and the next play, one I played had a million more, and then the next one I played had a million more than that, because that's the path you're on. And so, hey, here's Gloomhaven with a trillion pieces and 18 uh, days to play a single campaign and uh, blah, blah, you blah. You say that, but there's definitely that stripe of D&D nerd that loved, has all the minis, has all the maps, has a wall full of little drawers that they can pull out each monster type you know what you know what i'm talking about right just like massive collection and that's cool that's for them so i think they'll like gloomhaven because it's got pieces but um because dnd is a what is that is a pastiche uh, like it's not one game dnd is several games pasted together right all role-playing games are essentially that and and so when I say I'd rather play role play games because it's easier to set up than freaking Gloomhaven, <laughs> I just show up with my player handbook and a screen and some yeah. dice, and we're good. Yeah. So yeah, uh, but um, what if it was called Doom Eternal Haven? Then then would you be into it? No, no, no. still. Not. I've kind of I've kind of scaled back on board games, not because I don't like them, but because I am the board game B word in my in my play group. The yeah. board game bitch. What does what yes. does that? I don't know. What Can I say that? bitch? Like a board game. The board game bitch is everyone's like, man, that game looks sweet. Let's learn it. Hey, Bo, look at this game. Are you interested? I'm like, yeah, it looks sweet, man. 
you know, if we knew how to play it, we'd play it. So Bo goes off, <laughs> oh, I see. gets the PDF, reads all the rules, <laughs> enthusiastically comes back like a sucker, be like, this game's sweet, we should get it, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, six months into whatever game you're playing, I realize they still don't know all the rules. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm still like, educating people, and yeah. it's fine. But I put my foot down with my friend circle. I don't mind doing that a bit, but it's literally only me. And so this is the joke. Crofton finally decided, like, you know what, Bo? You don't have to be an expert at a game. I'm going to read the rule book to the next game we play. Oh, What's the yeah, next game we right. play? Yeah. Gloomhaven! <laughs> the book this big and five million pieces! Yeah. I'm like, can we just start you off small, Crofton? He's like, no, I'm going to get this! <laughs> and so I don't know anything about Gloomhaven because he's the rules be for a change he's a good friend he's like you know yeah, what he's i'll learn the best yeah he's great well but no way the first going sign fine, of that sir. with him had to go for if i ever heard Crofton go hey we should play gloomhaven i've never played it before i'd go no we're not playing gloomhaven. <laughs> you'll get done and you still haven't played it as no. well how that'll turn yeah. out yeah it's you'll a fine get in, game you'll get in five game. minutes and he'll say how do you pickpocket people and steal their shit that's what he'd say <laughs> yeah Unfor- um, unfortunately there's no mechanics like that in the game so no, no. Basically, uh, the, he'll he'll steal all your last hits and then gloat about it. That's the video how, game, that's I like the video game so far. It's still very early, sort of early access, but I like what they're doing. So that's probably going to be where I would rather play it anyway. But yeah. but back to the whole point, um, mm-hmm. which was what? <sighs> well, we're talking about Dreamhaven. Oh, Dreamhaven. We were talking about um, the while we were talking about how their Gloomhaven would either be negatively affected or positively <laughs> no, affected. That. That's how we did. I don't know that we arrived at a conclusion, but it was fun. <laughs> All right, that was a fun little side jaunt. But um, I did want to jump in one thing because I think we all excited to say things about this company too. And just on the on the MMO front, yeah, I want people before they just dismiss it out of hand because it does sound crazy. And I think Scott is a hundred percent right. And I think John, you said this too. Small games, yeah. things that they dream of doing, don't want to get bogged down by bureaucracy. Um, but I would encourage everyone to think of Warframe and games like it who have built an MMO world without putting a world in it. So they've got all the lore, they've got all the characters, they've got instance-based adventures, meaning players spend less time wandering around an empty world and more time either doing action or not in the game, basically. And then there's social features, there's player housing in, in Warframe. Like As time goes on, that small team has built and added content to the game long-term that has turned it into, essentially, it's an MMO. You can log in, visit your dojo, talk to your friends, do instance content, there's just and there is a world. It's space. You can travel around in it. Um, but they built it one piece at a time over time. And my thinking is that a small team who wanted to make an MMO should not make an MMO with a big launch day. Should make a small scope product and build on it from there. Well, Warframe set out a blueprint, and Path of Exile is no different. Actually, I agree. So, so they could build maybe not an MMO. You wouldn't classify it in that genre, mm-hmm. but an online only social gaming world and lore and all the beautiful things you love about blizzard probably going to be part of these projects that something exciting and um community driven will be there yeah i still think that whatever the future of mmos are we haven't hit it yet i think games have been poking at it but if you want to know and it's an unpopular statement to make I think the closest thing we have to a modern day MMO that has evolved the genre in a way that WoW did when it came out yeah. is Fortnite. 
I think Fortnite is the modern day MMO. It's yeah. a game that's massively yeah. multiplayer. It's online. It has crazy events. It evolves. It changes. It's a persistent world that has evolved over time. Like it has all the things. The only difference is old people like me, like us, we don't like it. We go, that's stupid. But yeah. there's, no, there's no world to traverse. Like mecha- game mechanics wise, you don't go into a world and just explore it passively. No, you're survive. You're you're in game mode when you're in that right, world, right? right? You're surviving. I Unless agree. you're going into a special event to watch a concert or to sure. watch a yeah, kaiju battle um, or to watch. Uh, what's that guy's name? Did they do a rap concert? Travis. It was Travis Scott. <laughs> it was Travis Scott. Travis He's, Scott. He comes in like guy a go, freaking yo, yo. sentinel. Yeah. Looks like a sentinel from X Men walking around, stomping around. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's awesome. Like, no, John's John's right in a sense here. Yeah, that's we're a not great talking meta- mechanically or anything. But what Epic is giving its fans, yeah, like Fortnite or not, and I don't. Um, I'd like it a lot more if it didn't have building. But we've had this discussion. Also, <laughs> I'm sick of streamers. Can I just okay? Big complaint about Fortnite, and then we'll yeah, move on. let's bash on streamers. They constantly deserve it. It's cool. Streamers, and it's not just streamers. Probably everyone does it, but streamers are the most obvious because they're showing us while they're playing it. Can you mm-hmm. just hold the gun? And when you're in between things and you've like killed a guy, now you're out looking for his loot or looking for more chests or whatever. Do you have to be just doing your, I assume it's their middle bounce button, just swapping their two guns back and forth. So it just looks like your hand's coming back, pulling the thing. Hand's coming back, pulling the thing. Oh, I can explain why I'm they do so that. so sick of it. It makes me want to seriously pin them down and urinate on their butthole. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, I, I, you know why they do that though, right? <laughs> or do you not know? No, why are they doing that? Why? Be- because if you have multiple weapons selected, um, so let's say you have weapon one. It's a shotgun. Okay, weapon one. It's Got good it. at close range. And you have weapon two. It's good at long range. Right. So a scenario where you might randomly encounter an enemy, it might be at close range or it might be at long range. Now, you have a 50-50 chance in this case, although I think it's possible to have more weapons in some games. A 50-50 chance of having the right weapon for the scenario you've encountered. Okay. So let's say you get a close-range enemy and you have a close-range weapon. Boom, you kill him. Right. That's great. Efficient. Uh, however, if you have your shotgun equipped and there's a long-range weapon, there there is a time to swap between one weapon and the other before you can fire. And that might be a full... Let's say it's a full second. Now, if you're constantly swapping weapons... That means you're in a state of having both weapons. And while you might have, you'll never have probably the right weapon at the time, your transition time to the right weapon is your variance lowers and it's not likely to take a second. It's likely to take fractions of second. And so you're ready for the scenario. And that's why they constantly are moving so they, they can get lucked out and dot. Standing still increases your probability of being hit versus always moving, even when it packs. Well, I get that. And switching weapons yeah. means that your time to kill lowers in your worst case scenario which they're preparing for then here's what there's what epic needs to do sports baby because what you just (laughs) described makes perfect sense to me totally get it on the switching here's what needs to happen then epic since it's a third person game where i gotta look at my own character's butt the entire game make that look less stupid and terrible because it annoys me (laughs) i don't think the developers anticipate the insane things e-athletes do I'm That's sure the thing. I think they just think, oh, we're good. And then E athletes are like, yeah, if you move up and down and left and right, you can extra two damage on your shot. So now you have to do it. Yeah. And that's just what everyone ends up doing. Just, they're like, they're ruining our game, but we understand that they're trying to win, so we can't be mad at them. Yeah, and they, then they try they, to patch it out. I guess Apex just, was patched out. It's good old fashioned min maxing and stuff. But yeah, I so yeah. back to John's original point. They are giving people what they want. 
and doing it in a way that feels new and fresh for them. And I 100% agree. For me, from a mechanical slash game genre standpoint, what I hope we get out of Dreamhaven and for that matter, out of Bonfire, are game experiences that are perhaps reminiscent of what we love about, say, something like World of Warcraft, given all these people and their pedigree, but take it further without having to, you know, make Activision invest in you because you can't afford to run these servers. Like, do something smaller and more bite-sized, but still, you know, still attain that magic of whatever that is. And maybe that's asking too much, and maybe they don't even know what they're doing. Like, right now, do any of the people there including Browder and some of the big designers. Do they do they have projects in mind? I don't know. Are they already at that point? I have no idea if they are. But I like to, I like to think that probably everyone at Blizzard and everyone every game company is probably dreaming of their game that they want to make. Yeah. Yeah. I assume that's the case. Yeah. They're working on your game, but someday they'll work on theirs. Right. And by the way, and maybe this is what we'll get. Before all the angry Fortnite people write in. <laughs> just <laughs> Just, know Just remember, that- before you write in, your game sucks. Thanks. <laughs> your, your game is fine. Part of it is just the overhypeness wears me out, and I don't want to build anything. Those are really the two main things. But that's switching. Come on. And I see people doing it who have no – they're not super high competitive. They're just doing it because their favorite streamer does it. Quit doing that. Be your own man. <laughs> Hold still we for all, a second. We all have things. Sometimes when people stream Hearthstone, they fan through the cards while they're thinking, and it's hypnotic and distracting, and it bothers you. Oh, I don't like that just... either. I don't like that either. <laughs> I know what you're doing, John. It's that nervous little, it's that nervous little <laughs> APM thing. <laughs> it's all the APM things where people are just because they can't, like in Star Trek, Star Trek, StarCraft, they, they need to be doing something with their fingers all the time. Because that's that's the readiness, right? It's like, well, come on, it. guys. Some of us have ADHD for <laughs> F's sake. <laughs> and if a pixel isn't moving on my screen, I, I panic and think something's wrong. So I got to move things around and hear sounds. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I haven't told you guys this, but I found a, the Battle Royale for me. Have I told you about this? I, I don't think I have. Is it Fall Guys? No, I like Fall Guys, but I wouldn't call that Battle Royale. It's more Race Royale or whatever. Like where I have okay. to shoot stuff and, and, and eliminate foes. Um, Is it on a phone? No, no. Okay. All right. No, that I can't do that. <laughs> Unless it's like some top-down thing. Like there's some of those that are okay. but um, Classic John question. <laughs> totally classic John. <laughs> Old classic John. Um, no, it's uh, uh, I played a whole bunch of that. Uh, just out of so I guess it was an early access, but it's out now. That uh, spell break game is very cool. It's basically like spell mage break. fights. It's mage fighting, and it works oh, a lot like, like mage arena fighting. Wow! Yeah, but it's a it's a battle or it's a sorry it's a it's a battle royale. Only forty eight players, which I I think is more manageable. It's all spa- it's all spell powers. You equip yourself with a gauntlet to start oh, the game. It's multiplayer, and your gauntlet might be. Uh, ice based or fire based or poison based or whatever they got all these like archetypes and stuff from magic but what's cool about a bow do you remember the um two swedish games magica games remember magica yeah magica where you had to like combine spell types like oh well if you do ice and fire you end up with some weird effect or if you do ice plus uh poison you're going to create another weird effect this game has all that uh, which Ooh, you can do. It looks pretty. It is pretty. It's very cool. The and I want to say, I don't know if anyone's going <clears> to <throat> believe me or not, but they 
Well, it's a battle royale, so it's not quite. But I've always imagined a really fun game would be just one-on-one of what I'm looking at. Um, but less arcadey, like more like D&D magic where you could do anything, but anything would have costs. Right. And you'd have to gradually rise in power. So you got a wish spell or something crazy. But like, you know, Harry Potter style, which is what this looks like. It's like, yeah, it's like Harry Potter, the game. And there's a bunch of runes that you can equip that will change what your stuff does and how powerful you are. You have cooldowns on abilities and things. I mean, in some ways you're like, oh, yeah, this this part of this game plays like a battle royale. But other parts of it. Or like, you know, you can shoot a big sheet of ice out in front of you if you're using the ice spells and then skate that thing down a hill real fast to escape trouble. Um, so it's not just for damage, but that's also for damage if you want to use it for that. There's electricity powers. You, If you're playing one of the team-based games, your team can combine spell powers to create all kinds of mayhem. It's really cool. Totally impressed with cool. it. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Really pretty. Uh, different kind of cool art style. It is, I think, I don't know if it's on consoles yet, but I think the PC version right now can is only this, be gotten uh, on the Epic oh, Store. No, this isn't an Epic game. This is Proletariat. It's Proletariat, but it uses Unreal Engine, and there and you and right now I think it's only Epic Store you can get it. But it's free to play. You don't have to buy anything. And in fact, I've yet to fill any per, any reason to buy anything. All the unlocks I've done so far have been just coming from playing it. Um, okay. Well, one, I didn't really take my idea yet. I, if I ever wanted to make a game, I could still. Make oh, you can still totally make your game. Yeah. Go ahead and make your game. <laughs> no, I just mean you know they haven't completely. The DNA is different, but it looks fun. Yeah, looks, I, got, I just it, have it to say good. it feels fresh and different in a world that's saturated right now with battle royale. It felt it felt like that. I think what's nice. really nice about it is that they're going hard on the big explosions. Like mm-hmm. it looks like almost want an Avengers battle. <laughs> oh yeah, happening. Huge, like it's huge. I like I dig that kind of stuff. Lots of action on screen. Lots of crazy explosions. Yeah. Like cool everything like, that makes video games like fun giant here. rings so of I'm, fire huge balls of ice um you know combinations of those just you can fly sort of a, a temporary flight thing so you can kind of get up pretty high and then there's some runes that'll help you really fly if you want to there's teleportation like blink abilities but you have to equip those and sometimes you got to choose between which rune you, you want to use and i don't know so there's a little bit of strategy there it's very very cool i like it a lot uh, they even showed like I'm just watching the trailer of the game, but they she bullet times through some projectiles from an enemy. I wonder if that's going to be something. You can oh, do. I don't know. It may just be for flourish. Yes. I have no idea because it's all multiplayer. Like it's just a. I mean, in the end, it is you know 48 people enter, one leaves. That's but it still, also looks like very in-game cinematic. Like the cinematic looks like very much in-game engine stuff, kind of to yeah. me. Yeah, it's a very nice so. looking. I I mean, it's Unreal F- Engine five or whatever, so it's pretty. Um. Anyway. Side note. Yeah, I want to play this. <laughs> so as time goes on, we'll talk more about Dreamhaven, Secret Door, Moonshot. The instance this week will certainly have more coverage of it. So uh, you're going to be all tired of hearing about it. So now let's talk about pre-ordering things. Last week, right after their announcement, Sony uh, kind of out of nowhere said, hey, Owen, you can also pre-order today for the PlayStation 5. And uh, that happened and everybody uh, got screwed (laughs) well i i think the thing that was crazy is we were literally on this show last week saying sony says pre-orders start tomorrow and as we were recording that in that episode retailers threw up the pre-orders and it sold out while people were going wait sony said it's tomorrow people are getting it now what and it was a mess that was a cluster f of the first order um, so yeah, so that was bad. And I, I actually don't know anybody who I know ended up getting one. I'm sure I know there are people obviously that did, but no, no one I know that was trying to get one on day one. 
So that was kind of bad. And then NVIDIA has already offered an apology because demand for the 3080 way exceeded their expectations and tons of bots bought them in mass. <laughs> so the way that works is uh, if you employ bots to mass buy certain products, those are usually so they can get them on eBay and sell them for 1500 bucks a pop and, it's all just a grift, but well, and it also turns out the 3080 is really good at farming Bitcoin. Yeah, as it turns out, video cards. So we're back in that territory still because Wonderful. cryptocurrency hasn't died yet. No, uh, so that's kind of a problem. I have a good news. Uh, the the thing I read that was interesting is Newegg reported that their traffic for the 3080 exceeded Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> that's For crazy one video card it was more than their black friday sales and by the so, way speaking of them i'm mad at the verge because the verge said one of the sources for xbox series x sales which we'll get to in a minute was supposed to be new egg and i went there and there was never a listing for the xbox series x you bastards yeah mm-hmm. you bastards i I saw that as well, and while I was looking, I found Microsoft talking about it, and then I used theirs, which did not include Newegg, but I did see Newegg listed. Yeah, see, that's weird that they never they never even had a listing. I don't know if they do now even. I think it like at least the Amazon one says, totally sold out, don't come back here, or whatever. Um, so 3080 sold out, PS5 sold out, Microsoft had two trial runs to watch everything go wrong for and they maybe did the best job at having a bad pre-order experience. But, yeah. I mean, congratulations. That's a terrible award to win yep. uh, because they they at least announced the date and the time, and they released it at that date and time, and it was an awful experience. Yeah, it was bad. A lot of people broken, you know, had them in their, in their thing, were ready to check out, then suddenly they disappeared or the sites would lock up, like all the stuff you hear about, just nightmarish experiences. I got approved for a line of credit for a console I don't own. <laughs> right. And they tried to, they tried to, no, they had you do that before you could even buy it. Right. Yeah. So GameStop was actually kind of the worst. I think maybe a lot of people ran into this, but the way GameStop's page, which happened to be the first page that loaded for me um, properly, uh, the way they had it is you did your credit application. Then they let you add it to the cart. Then they asked for your shipping info then they said, all right, click place order. Yeah. And you did. And that's when they told you they were sold out. Yeah, that's lame. So what, what happened to me is that loaded up first. I went through the whole process. I got approved for my line of credit because I was going to do the $35 a month thing. And I got to the end and they go, oh, yeah, we're out of them. <laughs> As if I'm crazy for ending up on that page. Like, why would you, yeah, why would you, you be did, here? What are you, you doing? Did you hear the news? Yeah. That, we're out. I know we let you submit a credit application, but we're out as it turns out. So then I got through on other websites and I had to submit a credit application there too. But because I had already submitted one, I got denied on all the other websites that I got through on. So any chance that I was able to get something from those, I couldn't because now I can't pass the credit application and it's all made worse because today I wake up and I get a text message from the credit company and they go, Hey, congratulations on your Xbox series X purchase. 
We're really looking forward to working with you. And here's how you set up automatic payments for that thing. And I'm like, I didn't get it. Why are you oh, telling no. me about my credit on oh, this console? No. I don't know. You better be fixing that. Yeah, they got to fix that. <laughs> like, sir, it sounds like you're not going to pay back your loan. No, no, I didn't get one. Uh, mm, there's no, yeah, that's right. sure that you didn't get it, sir. Okay, we'll so, send you. So I have collection. a line of credit for a console I don't own where I don't know what that does to my credit score. I and think they like, probably want me to spend and pay off some of that credit. Like, but listen, I, I heard the same excuses from the bot who called just before. Like, that's it. Well, fellow, uh, <laughs> you, fellow well, that sucks. I hope fe- they fix it for you. Fellow frog panter Brian Dunaway went to GameStop physically because he thought that would be his best chance. People are going out less, you know, just doing the whole COVID thing, and he figured it was going to be a good way to do it. He was like fifth in line. They had three total Xboxes, and that was it. Like that's just wow. All well, That's pre-orders, I should say. So them is the breaks. I tried. I couldn't get it. Um, you know, I don't know when the next wave will hit or whatever. Both Sony and Microsoft are now claiming they have plenty uh, available in the in the pipeline for, uh, you know, holiday sales need or whatever. But I think we're already proving out that maybe the need's a little higher than either of them possibly expected. So um, here's the here's the worst part of this. <laughs> so, or uh, sorry, Amazon had a 757 or somewhere in that range percent increase in sales activity on Xbox One X's. This uh-huh. is the problem with your naming convention, Microsoft. Maybe it's not a bad idea to use numbers like Wait. Sony because people would go to, <laughs> went to Amazon and because, you know, Bo, they're not all like us, but even some of us may have just misread it. But they're not like us. It's like somebody's parents are like, well, I'm going to lock this down. My kid's been talking about this for weeks. We're going to get him this thing. Let's see. Xbox uh, X. Oh, here's one. Xbox One X. This must be it. Bye. They bought a last generation Xbox One X because they didn't know the difference. You know what? You know what? It is It is kind of a miss, too. If they're listening, it's not too late to change your branding. But this new generation isn't just like playstation four to five like it's a whole new philosophy they should have renamed the box completely well here's what i think they plan to do that's what i think i think moving forward there will be two microsoft xboxes moving forward one will be called the series x and the next one will be called series x2 x3 x4 x5 i think this is when they do that they keep the x the s will be the s1 s2 s3 like i can see them doing that and it will work and this will all be a, a long gotten or forgotten nightmare. But right now, like today, there's an X in the current box's name twice. Yeah. Xbox One X, like X Bone X. <laughs> like, well, that's so dumb. But anyway, it clearly uh, confused people. Seven hundred percent increase. You know, even if it's not all of them, some people got confused. Right. What they should do is they should they should all be called Xboxes. Period. Like they do with Android, like iOS updates, call it Sherbert and bananas. Like what? <laughs> give it a sub name. The yeah. Xbox like, San Antonio. There you go. Well, that's what I mean, though. Like, because it's going to be an online pass service. There's no different versions of Netflix, but we run it on a thousand different machine types. Uh, you know, if Netflix wanted to release a box, fine. But like, just call it a single brand. name. It's just Xbox. Yeah. Everywhere you go, Xbox. But now you got the and other problem, Bo. You still have stuff on the market that is also called Xbox that's not the one you wanted. So it's just as Right. Confusing. I mean, that's why you have the sub name, right? So, right. you know, it's Xbox, Xbox 
turkey, you know, or whatever. Like, like <laughs> something better than that. But Xbox like, you know, series bananas, and it it sounds funny, but you know they would use that song for the commercial. Well, they totally would. Is bananas, and then show the box. Yep. You could it just writes itself. Yeah, it does. You've got a whole promotion thing. Yeah, yeah. No. like you could have the fruit generation where you have bananas, strawberries, and kiwi, <laughs> and then you could have the livestock generation where you have cow, Xbox cow, Xbox chicken, and Xbox. Um, yeah, but you're talking about pig. you're comparing it to OS versions of a of a of an operating Yeah, but that's system. what they need to do. Like, it's just it's not a thing anymore. You know what I mean? Like, full, no one wants to hear Xbox Series X. Like, PlayStation kind of wins because they only change a numeral. That's all they do. No, that's what so, I agree. It's smart. That's the only way you should have ever done this. It should be we should be yeah. on the Xbox Four. Yeah, yeah. I mean Xbox Four, Xbox Call Five, it the Xbox Five. Yeah, skip a number. You do it all the time, Microsoft. Yeah, you Windows skip nine. 10. Yeah, Windows 9 got skipped altogether. Just I think, skip it. I think somebody there doesn't like serialized numbers, basically. Well, 360 you know, is where they made the mistake. They really didn't. That was dumb. They should have just said, there's the original Xbox. The 360 should have been called the Xbox 2. Mm-hmm. This last one should have been called the Xbox 3. We should now be on the 4. Like, that should be, that should be it. We should be done. <laughs> Graphics cards company, take note. <laughs> they keep jumping Another, about a thousand numbers now. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, we were doing it by tens, but now let's do it by thousands. Right. You know. And that's and that only like, lasts mm. you so long. The minute you hit 90, 90 80s, what are you going to do for yeah. the 10,000? NVIDIA 999,258. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, they man. just, but we know why they do it. Psychologically, they're just playing with your perception of numbers because. If you're smart enough to buy a video card, you're smart enough to say this this means three means this generation and fifty, sixty, seventy is you know, medium, small, large, basically. You know, like but they're just playing with you to make it sound awesome. It was like the running shoes I got. I got these Velcro running shoes that said, you know, turbo two thousand on it. And when I'd go running when I was a kid, I felt like I was running two thousand miles an hour. <laughs> I just be like, I'm going 2,000. I just run with my two. They're like these Velcro crappy shoes, but like in my kid mind, it was magic. They yeah. would make me run 2,000 miles an hour. Yeah, and it's but, like as adults, you're like, I don't fall for that stuff. Meanwhile, right, <laughs> yeah. you're inundated totally with every fair. product line ever. Like it should be one, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, the Thank case you, in Sony's case, they can get away with going far. They could be a PS25 eventually, and it's okay because I mean, remember when they sold the shoes that pumped? Yeah, I they remember those. Yeah. Nike pumps, you're like, right? You're Nike. like, yeah, now I can now I can run. I couldn't run before, but now I can run. Yep. What was that called? Nike pumps. I think it was I think pump, just right? pumps, yeah. Is it pumps? Mine pumps are also kind of shoe for like keeled shoe. For the women other pumps. shoes that I loved oh, were uh, the LA lights. Do you remember those where you step down and your, your shoes would shoot out a little light out yeah, the side? Yeah, those were cool. How old were you when you wore those, though? I don't know. Young. <laughs> Young enough to think lights coming out of the side of my shoe. He didn't wear bad. them. He was small enough to be. That was his um, uh, baby sleeping place. Well, I probably <laughs> fell over baby a good place. 20% crib. more than normal kids trying to look down at my shoe lights while I ran. I picture it's John, not a good idea on the stream right now. I'm showing a little black, a little high top black pair that shoots the lights out of the side. I picture John wearing these. Just oh, I had those. That's exactly <laughs> the kind I had. Really? Yeah, no that's way. them. I can totally see it for some reason. Yes, absolutely. Just, just that John is, tucking that is down the road in these. Spot on them. This yeah. is exactly the shoes. Yeah. 
Baby sleeping place might be today's title. Hold on, I gotta write this down. Crib. I meant the crib, guys. I know, I know. Baby, baby sleeping place. Sleeping place. John, John was a baby. Title. His parents put him in a shoe, <laughs> and he go and he I probably fit in a shoe. I was a tiny, tiny little baby. Uh, I don't want to make anyone feel funny or anything, but um, I think this isn't a done deal yet. But I think I got some art trade going with it will net me a 3080 and i'm pretty excited about it <gasps> yeah. yeah so we'll see i don't know it could oh be soon gosh, actually dude. i'll let you jealous know. I'll i wanted to buy yeah, one it's definitely bad. time I didn't, upgrade. Have, um, I didn't have money for it but so i'm actually happy i didn't get one but i, want I don't either that's why this trade will be worth it to me because i don't really have the cash for it so i would much rather say so the nice thing about the xbox thing is if i can swing it now that there's some time because they're all sold out I think I will do the 35 a month thing. Just I want to experience what that thing is. You know, what, how's that going to work? Two years, no big deal. Let's just do it. And I'll be 40 bucks some, up on it. At the, at the the nice thing is money you have a too. marketable skill you can trade for goods and services. If if I want a 3080 on trade, it's sexual favors for me. That's it. That's all <laughs> really? I got. You get that much? No. <laughs> but that's the only option I can resort to. I mean... I traded sexual favors and all I got was a, a, a GeForce was 20. All I got was chlamydia. <laughs> got a GTX 240. GeForce chlamydia. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got a Voodoo 2 card. It was NVIDIA branded chlamydia, so at least it was authentic. Wow. Turning tricks for a 3080 is a title for the show now. People are submitting it. We'll see if we if it makes it. All right. If all that wasn't enough and if that didn't seem crazy to you, uh, let's round it out with the fact that Microsoft in kind of a surprising move, no one saw this coming, although rumors have been going around for years about this. Or I remember hearing about them, but Zenimax media parent company of Bethesda, you know, what makes Skyrim Fallout, well, some pretty big games. They purchased them for $7.5 billion. I remember a time I was telling this to Tom today on DTNS. I remember when seven point billion, seven point five billion dollars was the worth of the entire games industry, and now suddenly one company's worth that much. Anyway, it seems crazy to me, but uh, how that's all going to work, we don't know. Like Sony just had an event where they showed a stream of a game being made by Bethesda Game Studios that is an exclusive PlayStation Five game. Microsoft mm. now owns that game. And it will still be a PlayStation 5 exclusive, by the way, because these are contracts you don't just break. Um, and also, I'm not so convinced that if if uh, the now Microsoft-owned Bethesda puts out a brand new Fallout game or a brand new Elder Scrolls game or that new space game they're working on, uh, I can't think of any real reason that they wouldn't go ahead and just let it be everywhere. Um, yeah. They've done that with some other games already. The They own Obsidian and... Outer Worlds is on PlayStation, it's on Xbox, it's on PC, it's on Switch. Like, it's everywhere. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know why they would mess with that. It does seem like an opportunity, though, to go really hard with some titles as exclusives because, again, they're trying to build out their exclusivity for the Xbox brand, and that means PC also, which is nice. So, you know, both places. Um, I could see that space game. What's it called? Um Star crash, star, star fall, fall, star, star falling, star crash, star, star wars, wars. It's star wars. They're making star wars. Star finder. 
No, gosh dang it. I don't remember the name. It looked um, neat, the, though. It's their next the big best. thing. Starfield, that's it. Oh, Starfield. <laughs> Starfield. <laughs> yep, okay. Close enough. Um, Starfield will, pr- if, I'm, if I was to guess right now, and there were some interviews with uh, Phil, not Phil Schiller. Or is that his name? No. What's his name? Phil Todd, Todd Spencer. Howard. Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer. Oh. Saying that, that that right now they're they're doing all that on a case by case basis, like they're not making any big hard decisions right now about where stuff will appear. My guess is you could probably make that one an exclusive, but still with your your Elder Scrolls and your Fallout's, you could probably be a little more sherry with those. I don't know, but it's a massive massive purchase. Although for Microsoft, it's kind of chump change that they have a lot of cash, and um, it's a lot of credible games i mean that get that gets them a lot of studios under zenimax media i mean that that's your dooms mm-hmm. that's uh, id software so, microsoft owns id software and doom yeah. now think of that yeah it's yeah. nuts Quake. uh wolf, the wolfenstein series um uh, dishonored one and two. Oh, by the way this is pretty funny i'm on the game pass uh, pc app and you know it always says, "Hey, these are third third party games leaving Game Pass this month. Hurry up and play them or buy them, and before they leave, right?" Yeah. I go in there and I look, and Dishonored Two is sitting there. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you just may as well stay. Just <laughs> yeah, don't go anywhere. You're you're gonna be sticking around. Yeah. They did say all of all of their games were gonna be on Game Pass. So, yeah. in addition to EA, now in addition to all of uh, Bethesda's games. Yep. Um. And their own, and then whatever else gets put up there, which is quite a bit. Um, I I read a report saying that they doubled or they went up by like 15 million subscribers or something like that. I wish I had the number. I meant to write it down when I was looking up news stories. But like apparently the Game Pass service has exploded. Yeah, Like they have seen huge increases. I think the word, the, the sales pitch finally got out and got to the ears of a lot of people who were not sure what they were going to do. Yeah. Netflix for video games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're (laughs) totally right. Easy as understanding that. (laughs) Exactly. Once you get your head around it and you realize that's kind of what they're doing, that's what they're pulling off here with, with a secondary, uh, uh, focus on the hardware. Like they don't actually care that much. If you buy an Xbox, they care more that you're in the ecosystem, but you will benefit as a player. If you've got the Xbox, if that's a thing you'll do, if you're going to play over there and then play over here and then play in between and cloud stream it, blah, blah, and you're going to pay one dinky fee and have access to all of that. Whereas on the Sony side, you got to be hopeful about what plus is going to give you every month, which is, you know, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And over there, you have to go spend 70 bucks for a new game. Like 70 bucks is the new standard, which is true on the Xbox as well. But so much of it will just be on game pass. I can't even think, I'm trying to think of a time I would actually need to ever spend 70 on that thing for a single game. When would I? When? Maybe the updated version of uh, Cyberpunk. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, this really seems like, you know, Microsoft, remember when they had phones? They had like an operating system for their phones <laughs> yeah. with uh-huh. Kia and all that? Yeah. And they eventually gave that up. You know, like Android figured out how to make this thing where if you had an Android device then you'd use google on your computer and you'd you probably favor android and google because you're in that environment apple the same thing they had a phone nice ui got people invested now people want macs books and you know people are like uh loyal to those things and microsoft's never really seemed to have that they're just the incumbent because everyone has windows on a pc like they're always dealt with they hold a lot of intellectual property so everyone deals with them but no one thinks of windows in the way they think of 
Google and Android or iOS. Like that, that this is that this company is integrated into their lives in a fundamental way because it's convenient right. to have their services. Right. This Game Pass could be their way in. Yeah, Everyone I, gets I the Netflix it, for games. Everyone's comfortable with Microsoft. Microsoft releases a new product. The next thing you know, the future of Microsoft is similar to that of Apple and Android. And they they already have us in a certain way. But, you know, I don't know. They're pushing edge really hard. I could just see this being the beginning of a success story for them. Yeah, they've got a real chance here. And maybe the only one. I, I don't know. It's a it's it's strategy that's been interesting to watch fold or unfold over time. And they've tried so hard for years. Remember games for Windows Live? It was terrible. The PC version of Xbox, and then Xbox was on your PC, but all you could do is check your achievements. Like, who the hell wants that? It sucked. (laughs) And then there's the Windows Game Store, which also nobody wants to buy from. Like, they've been trying. Like, you could not say Microsoft hasn't been trying to make it so that all you want to do is hang out in Microsoft services and do this (laughs) stuff. Nobody wants to do it. And they finally have something that we're all like, F yeah, yeah. This is well, cheap, part of it, part of it awesome, is Microsoft finally realizing headlines. They finally realize, oh, we have a thing that people think is cool on some level and on some in some way. Like Xbox has delivered. It didn't take first place this last generation, but it's a name worth reckoning with. It has cachet. It has all this stuff. It has power. So what if we just really went for it on that corner of this whole thing? Maybe that will drive the loyalty we've been missing for decades. It's certainly a better sales pitch than opening up Solitaire and all of a sudden it launching the Windows game store and being like, hey, you want to buy the cards that have the bats in the castle? You can, we can, if you want the rose bushes, we got that one too. My Put them on the not. back of your cards. I have an aunt who bought cards on there. <laughs> Hey, don't box Solitaire. It's a popular game. I love Solitaire, but the fact that the new version is like a Microsoft Game Store thing where it's like, hey, we're going to take you into this environment and get your card backs here. It's like, no, it just it it's supposed to be the thing you just launch and play. That's it. That's all it needs to do. Yep. So I don't know. It's to me, it's fascinating. It's also them spending a lot of money hoping that the investment pays off because they are lost leading the hell out of all of this like mm-hmm. big time don't uh, it's the thing that's easy to forget like them investing in these the 7.5 million acquisition uh, even back when they bought Minecraft for 1.5 um all the stuff in between that they've done including game pass i guarantee none of that is a profit center for them until they know what number they know what numbers they need to hit to make it extremely profitable and they may have done it by now with all the hype but but none of this is Something Sony can do because Sony doesn't have the pockets and they don't have the infrastructure. They just don't to do this. So it's the only thing Microsoft can do to compete is to just come right at them with this and go, oh, yeah, well, you're driving around that really hot sports car and it's sexy and everything. But we've got a fleet of monster trucks full of money. Look out. Right. And like there's just like a brute force quality to what they're doing. And they got to be careful, too, because you don't want that to backfire like you. If if tomorrow they announce, oh, we've also bought Activision, and the day after that they're like, and we bought EA. Like if they just keep monop, if they do, if that's the path they're on, that might be bad. Yeah, my perspective on that would be like, okay, slow down. Like, you know, well, you say that, but now that they are the Netflix of games, you know, Netflix has to put out content 
because they they face competitors, right? Like now that HBO and everyone else is making their own CBS and stuff, putting it on their own services, they've got to keep up with the demand of their service. So I, I guess that's part of the strategy of acquiring all these studios. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to acquire more. I don't think they have enough. Oh, I think they even said, I think they were quoted as saying, we're not done. Like yeah. they, they said as much, we're, we're going to keep going. Um, but this and Zenimax, I mean, part of it is massive. very cool and very exciting. If you're into the Xbox or even just gaming on the PC, like this is great news and you're excited about it for the most part, but it does also encourage that exceptionally shitty part of the argument, which is you can't be happy for one side or the, like you have to pick a side because then immediately I saw Konami trending on Twitter. I was like, why is Konami trending? Because people were saying quick Sony buy up Konami and make them an exclusive to stick it to Microsoft. And it's like, we don't need this. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be tit for tat on no. buying exclusive rights to video games. It's the dumbest thing in the world. Like this was an acquisition that kind of made a bit of sense. People, sat there we sat there and said boy you know i'd really find microsoft more compelling if they had more exclusive content and then they got a studio why would anybody look at that and go what are they doing yeah. i feel like that's wrong <laughs> because PlayStation, that's playstation's over exclusive they're gonna double down I, I i'm thinking well right well i mean sony this is will what... double down on exclusive they'll, yeah they'll probably acquire konami and they'll probably increase their amount of exclusives to push out Microsoft. Maybe, but here's the thing. Sony, yeah, thing I don't think Sony's, acquire. but Konami's got nothing right now, so I wouldn't. Yeah, double down on your pachinko machine. Yeah, it's no good. But here's the thing with with uh, um, Microsoft doing this. A lot of people have taken this to be like, oh, look at them buying this thing to distract from Sony. Like, if you think this was last minute or happened overnight or even over a month, you're insane. These things take years to work out. And at a price tag of $7.5 million, none of this was decided in the year 2020. There none was a it. lot of seduction involved. I I'm guaranteed. Sure. guaranteed. No, Scott, I'm pretty sure they saw Sony's presentation and went, <laughs> well, that's it. Let's buy ZeniMax. Any, <laughs> down any price on this, we want to acquire you immediately. I've that's heard, Todd Howard. He's got talent. I've heard <laughs> yeah. some people say things like that, and it, I just roll my eyes. I'm like, really? then maybe, I don't know, take a business course or something. Enlighten yourself because that's not how this stuff works. Anyway, so there's that. Big deal there. We'll see what it uh, translates to. Seems like a win for Microsoft. I wouldn't, I, the reason this one's so big is it is a, it's not just Bethesda and they make three or four games. This is the entirety of ZeniMax Studios and that is a huge holding. Like it's gigantic. Those IPs, those studios, that is just, you just acquired an enormous, an enormous yeah, they, segment of gaming. They have They've their own trade show at E3. Right. They do. They have yeah. their own. They have QuakeCon every year. They have, uh, uh, what's that one? Uh, there's a Bethesda thing. Anyway, by the way, they have an MMO that if they rolled into Game Pass, I'd be thrilled. Because ESO is great already. I like the ESO. Oh. ESO is a ZeniMax thing. If they give people no reason but not to play that thing with all the benefits of having Game Pass, and Game Pass gave you everything, I mean, the, there's no I think they're going to put it on it, Scott. They have to. They said yeah. they were putting all those games on there. They, they have said to. all of them. They have to be. 
Yeah, yeah ESO is free to play. You sub for features, well, right? Well, no, you still buy games, right? So you you buy the expansion, it's like forty bucks oh. or forty nine bucks, and then you can pay for bonuses, but you can just play 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 until the next expansion. So you can play ESO for f- the old ESO for free, and the latest expansion you got to buy and maybe to play it or something. Well, like chat it. says it's already on it, so let's do our customary on this show. Chat says it's already there, and we look it up and find out it's already there. Okay. Wait, but uh, I, but what, here this is important though. We got to make a distinction here. It's not just that ESO is on there to like download and play. Is the I don't see it on there. Is there, it's got to be free to play for Xbox subscribers. So it's not free I'm to saying. play if you're not a subscriber. It's free to play if you have Game Pass. Exactly. Game Pass gives you access to yeah. the gold features of a paid subscription to that game. That currently is how you do it. Yeah. Game and Pass. it's all Microsoft, so it's not even like they have to pay Bethesda anything. Right. So if that's what they do, that's a dunk, dude. That's big. Oh, it's it's on Game Pass for the Xbox One. It's not on PC. Game okay, Pass. so console version Game Pass. Well, that'll change. That'll change. Guaranteed. Yeah. I've well, do, hang on. I have still have that question. Does anyone in the chat room know? Is it free to play if you have Game Pass on the Xbox? Because well, if it's so. there, then it's a quick jump over to PC land anyway. So. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. That's got to be right, right? Included with Game yeah. Pass. Yeah. All right, so free to play either way that way. So yeah, then there's it's a done deal. I don't ever have to pay for that uh, whatever it's called plus I think, membership. And it depends on who wants to cash out. But if Microsoft's running around with big pockets writing checks for people to go retire after the you know for the game companies they built, or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. But also look at what they're doing. Oh my gosh, it just hit me. Oh my gosh. Okay, they're asking for fifteen. Excuse me, fifteen dollars a month. Well, let it all out so you can make sure you <laughs> can talk uninterrupted. If you got any other aftershocks? Uh, let those out too. So they're, so they're going to charge you fifteen bucks a month. Okay, Blizzard charges you fifteen dollars a month to play World of Warcraft. Right. Microsoft could, in theory, pay, charge you fifteen dollars a month to play all video games ever. <laughs> Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Plus a, a, a world class MMO. Yeah. Uh, th- like the like value they're proposition. They're epic to the nines. Like Epic's like, here's a free game a week, but they're like, all the games are basically free. Just give us 15 bucks, dude, and you're set. Yeah. Like, it's to me, <laughs> I mean, it truly, honestly, the value proposition is through the freaking roof. The only thing that makes this look bad is if in a year they go, all right, it's all going up to 55 a month because that's the new, <laughs> you know. Like if they did that, I'd be like, okay, well, you guys. They just can't do that. Bait and no, but everyone's gone. Everyone will be gone. Yeah, they can't. I don't think they, they can't do that. They have to balance that price. So it's like they can buy a ton of stuff, but they can't increase the price beyond TV. Right. Much much farther beyond TV. Well, and, and I think also this is such a numbers game that even if they're losing money now by only charging fifteen, and people pay for Ultimate and they get all these games, including third party stuff, because Microsoft has to pay has to pay those third party developers to even put them on there. Um, if they get enough people signed up, then there's money pumping out of the of of everything. Do you know well, what I, mean? I think that's what they do. Like so, now that Game Pass is a thing, they have a new revenue stream. That new revenue stream will generate capital and promise of money in the future, which allows them to borrow more money and get the investor money. And then they use take that money and they don't save it and make money. They just buy more game studios and just buy more game studios. Just buy more game studios. Yeah. Like just like in an MMO. Or not an MMO, but um, like Civilization or any RTS, where all of a sudden your income spikes. Yeah, you sit on that money and just hang around. Nope, you're like, sweet, let's buy new buildings for my cities, let's upgrade my army, let's do all these things. Yeah, 
yeah, we're, if people are just willing to dumpster money into Xbox's pockets, well, some of that sh- too is should be acquiring assets. Some of it may not be buying existing studios at some point. Some of that will go into ground up projects like we're starting a new studio in Ontario and here's who who's in charge and we're super stoked. They're building the next generation MMO or whatever, you know, like they can, they now have, Oh man, it's just crazy. Yeah. And then the EA plays in here as well. We didn't, I haven't even mentioned that. Like, it's just, and I mean, who knows Uh, some other game studios we talked about on the show today could end up with their games on game pass too. I mean, yeah, I'm just see because this isn't me. I do not hate on Sony. They were my choice this last generation, and they have been for a long time. I love Sony exclusives, but if I'm really looking at the math here, Sony represents, let's say, maybe on a good, well, maybe for the span of a generation, there are maybe five exclusives that Sony will put out that are anywhere between really good to must-haves. Right? That's five video games in seven years that matter a ton. And on this other side, the, they're, they're, they're aiming for that same level of exclusivities so they can at least match and, and beat that and give you everything else that's in the garage. The, and, and, but the variance is lower. So games are not guaranteed hits. Right. So it's, when the next exclusive comes out, it's not guaranteed that it'll sell hot. So it's a risk. It's, there's a higher risk proposition. And their money line looks like no game sales. Oh, tons of game sales. Okay. Tons of game sales. Okay. Yeah. Like a wait, you know, and, and Microsoft's just going to be like, yeah. And Sony can't, like, so Sony no can't pivot and match it. Sony can't just turn around and go, oh, no worries. We got that too. They can't do that. Not right now. I think Sony's best bet would be to do something that they seem to be pretty uncomfortable with. Um, and I get pushback on this every time I mention this. So I just want to say, I know they have services. It's not that they've completely forgotten it. But Sony has one of the strongest back catalogs of games yeah. out there. Of, right. uh, like, I'd say second only to Nintendo. Right. I'd even put it above Sega. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they have an incredible history of games that if they found a way to make those more readily available, they have a streaming service that sort of does it, but... I don't I'm sure there are other people out there that are like me that when you say, okay, well the game's gonna be streaming to your console, I go, I don't want to do that. I just want to download it. If I want to play Chrono Cross, I just want to download it onto my console and I want to play it. I don't want to stream Chrono Cross. There's no reason for it. Yeah. Um, and especially if you're gonna get into a game like you go, Oh, I want to play Parappa the Rappa. Okay, great. That's not gonna be a great game to stream because if there's any leg uh, latency or lag, you're not gonna have a good experience at all. That game's not even good without a wired controller, even. It's hard enough, right? Yeah. So I I would say that, to me, they need to lean into their history more in a way that Nintendo has, I mean, to be honest, exploited in a way where they're like, how many times are you going to buy Mario Brothers dopes? It's like, (laughs) one more if you offer me the chance. (laughs) The answer will always be at least one more time. Yeah. So I think that Sony, by saying like, no, we're just looking at the future. I think the PS5 is a hell of a console. I would, in a heartbeat, get it if the ability to just buy consoles was on the table for me. But in a world where I'm severely limited on what I'm going to be able to buy and afford, it's the last thing that I'm interested in. Because like you said, Scott, I did the math on the PS4 and I loved my PS4. 
when it was the box sitting under my TV and it's what I streamed content off of and it's what I played Blu-rays on and it was kind of my media center, I was okay with the fact that I had maybe five or six exclusives on that system that really drove me to it. But if I'm going to get an Xbox primarily, and I am because that seems to be what I'm interested in, now all of a sudden another $500 console for five to six exclusive games over the course of its lifespan, that's a big ask. And I just don't know if I can make it. It's a paradigm shift. Like literally that's the definition. It has shifted my thinking because it used to be to say, Ooh, five of those. What's so, what's Microsoft got halo and gears. Burp. I'll just stay over here where the cool exclusives are. Right. Yeah. But now you're saying all the things, all the exclusives, all the existing, all of the back catalog, all of the, and it's all streamable or download it, do whatever you want. And you want to play it on your phone? Go ahead. If you want to download it and play it on the dot box? Great. Do that. Do you want to not do that and just stream it? Great. You want to play it on PC and have those, those saves shared? Yes. I'd like that. Okay. Gotcha there too. Like that's just too much value per dollar compared to 500 bucks plus five times 70, you know, like, I don't know, man. It just made me think in different ways. That's all. And I'm not, and again, I don't like console wars. I hate them. Like I hate them from the personal aspect where people feel like they got to tribe up and defend their position. That's not what this is to me. This is me just trying to look at this grid of information. And Microsoft has clearly spent time looking at the same grid and they know, <laughs> they know I'm that this is their I'm way. I'm in this situation. Honestly, did not think this console generation I'd be sitting here going, man, I really wish I had gotten that Xbox pre-order. Yeah. It's the last thing I thought I'd be saying right now. Yeah. And even up till not that long ago, I was saying that. That's what's weird. It all confluenced together. And then to have this news drop, it was just like, oh, well, of course, one of the biggest, you know, at least in my life, one of the biggest developers slash publishing companies of all time is now suddenly in the same, in the same barn. That's just crazy. And if you're going to get super defensive about Sony, I could see why it would piss you off that, that, you know, this once platform agnostic company like ZeniMax slash um, uh, Bethesda is suddenly not ag- so agnostic anymore. Right? I mean, we don't know ultimately, but still they're owned by Microsoft. Maybe one of the things that will come out of this is I would love it if Sony got a little more liberal about where they put their games, put them on PC also. Give me a reason to play Mer- uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales over there. That's what it. got Microsoft in this position. They they got their butt kicked so badly this generation that they took a look at their culture and how they ran it and they reevaluated. And I kind of feel like that's what I would want from Sony at this point is I, I need them to reevaluate and not just go, well, you're going to get a PlayStation. <laughs> like, that's just not going to work for me at the moment. Right. That right there sounds like that is the sales pitch. Right. Oh, you got to get a PlayStation. That's it. <laughs> That's not enough anymore. Like it's not well, enough. Yeah, it's it's still the old electronics expo, not just electronics aesthetic. You got guys in business suits talking business about a great box. Here's the exciting games, but I feel like their presentations are very formal. Yeah. And right now my impression of Phil Spencer is just like he'll just be on whatever podcast he's invited on and be like, Hey, you guys like video games? We like X Cloud. We're doing cool. Like there's there's a twenty twenty Twitch influ post Twitch world 
intellect that I see behind Phil and the people coming out for Xbox right now. Right. And the people I see at PlayStation, like, we hired people who understand these things. You'll enjoy this box. <laughs> like, that's, you know, and it's really good. It actually is good. But, like, I never get the impression that they're in touch with anything. Like, they're, like you said, they're just selling a box. Like, yeah. You know, the developers know things, but they're, they're very, you know, it's unexciting, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So I that's how bad Xbox lost. I yeah. think PS4 business was pretty unexciting last generation, but Xbox was so bad that PlayStation 4 got to look amazing. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there were some amazing games on it, but you're right. The bar was yeah, lower. Yeah, that's than, true. Not taking anything away from the, right. the games. I just mean PlayStation's role as like they did a great job on their presentation. The truth is, like, Xbox has been bungling it so bad. That it's been easy streak for PlayStation, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Uh, Sitting in the chat uh, challenged me earlier. He said, uh, multiple PS4 titles have gone to PC. And I said, name two, because I knew he was going to say Horizon Zero Dawn was one of them. And then he mentioned two, that and Death Stranding. I forgot about Death Stranding, mm-hmm. uh, partly because I don't give three flying hot shits <laughs> well, about that he game. still did it. <laughs> he still did it, though. I'll give him credit. I forgot that was a exclusive, never going to be on Xbox game anyway. I forgot that was even a deal, but... But, um, there, I mean, we we reported on a couple episodes ago that Sony wants to put more on PC, and maybe that's a paradigm shift that's coming, and I, I, would I think love that. that's exciting. I would love um, that. I think it. it's great. I want to see Sony succeed just as much as I want Microsoft to succeed. When one of them does really well, the other steps up their game, and we tend to benefit from it. Agreed. You know, the the reason we have so much to say about Game Pass is because, like Bo said, Microsoft bungled this gener- the early parts of this generation so badly that they went to the drawing board and they came up with something really cool that's a good value to gamers. I don't think they do that in a world where the Xbox One was successful. So, you know, even... And I think the PS5 is going to speak to some people. There are going to be people that go, look... Everything you guys just said about Game Pass and all of that is nice. That doesn't do anything for me. All I want to do is play Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. There's only one place where I can do that. And those people are right. There's no reason why they should shouldn't get a PS5 in that situation. Well, except those but, those those uh Final Fantasy games are all headed to PC as well, including that new well, one. Yeah, but not on launch day and you you're are right. You, you're right. I, I am not holding out. I'm not buying an Xbox like I am way more well, let me rephrase this. I am way more likely to buy a PlayStation 5 on the strength of FF7 2, whatever that looks like than anything Xbox has. Oh, of course, cuz you're, you're because right. I want that game. You're locked in on that <laughs> game. Yeah. No, I get yeah. that. And there's going to definitely be people like that and hey, I say more power to whoever for me, the kind of gamer I am now, where I like a lot of variety and a lot of different stuff. Bill, you're always telling me this. Like I'm a mm. whatever reason for whatever reason I want to play the latest roguelike. Ooh, what's that racing game over there? Ooh, what's we this need to come weird up with a cool term thing? like a polymath of games or something? Something like, that. We, or, like there needs to be the a wizard word. of games. I don't know what it is, but I like all of it. I just want to see it all. If it's not, there's only like two ca- categories I don't want. If it's tower defense, f off, and if it's, uh, it's the other one I don't like, Fortnite. And anime specific Fortnite. <laughs> There's three now. <laughs> you can get you can get away with some anime if the game plays all right. I'm okay with that. But like specific genres, I'm kind of cool with trying everything, and I'm happy. You to. Wait till I uh, stream Kill a Kill this fighting game. <laughs> That's coming. I, I own it, by the way. Oh, you do? Oh my gosh, I want to watch that yeah. stream. That'd be all right. But my I'll my point is like I I'm this is primed for me. Because that's already what I do on the PC side, on the Switch side. I'm in that Switch store every day looking for one some 99-cent deal on something that's normally 15 or whatever. 
because I want to see. I want to see. And this is like that, except even better, because I've already paid the 15. It's out of sight, out of mind. And now you've just given me this swath of stuff to play. And it's not all first party. A bunch of it's third. Like half the crap I picked up on Steam and then forgot to check Game Pass was on Game Pass. And I could have just played it there. You know, like... And it's just the so important much. part of all of this is, again, I was going to get a PlayStation 5 probably to play Final Fantasy 7. But Xbox, I'm already playing in Xbox's environment. Right. I have Xbox Live. I haven't played a game yet, but I did subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> so I have it. So even getting the PlayStation 4 doesn't mean I'm opting out of Xbox now. Yeah, which is the other thing they they like I said, they they're happy to have you. Either way, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? they don't. Well, they yeah, that's exactly it. It doesn't matter now. It's not they're not competing with PlayStation because they're PlayStation competes in a smaller arena than Xbox does. Now, Xbox has widened everything that they do. Yeah. And I with xCloud, come, I did just really looking forward to what xCloud is doing. Who knows who else they're going to buy? What other technologies are going to leverage? And I have a prediction. In. Okay, I want to I want to put a formal prediction down because I feel like this would be the most shots fired acquisition that Microsoft could do. So my, it probably won't happen, but I kind of want to just see how much the internet lights on fire. If it did square Enix. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Can you imagine by them buying? Square I thought you were going to say Activision. No, 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 that would be big. That would be huge. But can you imagine what happens when Microsoft goes, we own Square Enix, so enjoy Final Fantasy Remake Part 2 on the yeah, Xbox. Enjoy all Final Fantasy from here and forever. Forget what you saw at the Sony Direct. I can't even that. imagine it, so that's my if prediction. you said that Final Fantasy was now going to be an Xbox exclusive and not PlayStation 5, like, goodbye PlayStation. Yeah, because that's your, again, goodbye. we're looking at what your driver goodbye. is. We know what you want, and, and, and that's why, you know, I mean, honestly, Sony's Sony's right to assume they're going to have a lot of people carry straight over into this. Oh, this is the other thing my my son talked about. He says, says, Dad, the one thing you guys haven't been talking a lot about is I want to be where my friends are. And games are getting more cross-platform every day. So you can play the new Call of Duty and everybody's on different systems, including PCs. And you can play that way if you want. Um, it's not so easy to team up in that environment, though. Like, that's still a thing where you know you're better off on the same platform to team up but you can play against and be around other people he's he's very that's a super sensitive spot for him but when i explained to him that him and his dirtball friends i shouldn't say that they're fine they're fine they're fine no no it's okay it's your kid's friends they're They're, fine they're just not as they're not as motivated as he is and so i'm just anyway it doesn't matter mr mr johnson why'd you call me a dirtball the other day on your great (laughs) program so they could do this unfortunate this was the episode nick recommended to all of his dirtball friends but here's what they could do they could all figure out a way to get that 25 a month done for an s because they've all just got 1080p screens they don't care and they don't Mm -hmm. buy discs now they're all like I, I think I can. I didn't convince him, but I sat down. And I said, "Well, look, bud, let's just look at the money on and on both sides. And you want to be where your friends are. I agree, but they're all going to have to upgrade too. So which way are they going to go? Depends on what they know. So here's what I know. And blah blah blah. I laid it all out for him, and he was like, "Oh, maybe we should all get Xboxes." I'm like, "Well, I'm not saying you should do anything. I'm just saying, you know, you're earning your own money now, so you get to make your own choices and stuff. But you're young and." cheap and you don't have every dollar to throw at everything maybe you know maybe this is the that's the other thing is this is just so budget conscious and so like smart if you're gonna play and be into it this is so much cheaper (laughs) 
than the other way. And it's not like you're getting crap for it. It's not like buying a, you know, an Ouya or something on sale at a garage sale. You're actually playing top level business here. Take that Ouya and you deserved it. (laughs) Ouya sucks. Oh, did it suck? That thing sucks so bad, Bo, that it's still (laughs) sucking. It's still sucking. It's still sucking as we speak. You can hear it. It's going. (laughs) You can hear it somewhere doing that. All right. Well, I think we. (laughs) I think we've had our fun with consoles and news there. So let's do this. Time to talk about the games we played this week. I am way back in to Middle Earth: Shadow of War, and I'm doing that because I beat Mad Max, and it put me in the mood for open world games. Honestly, I'm going to be in this mood until cyberpunk hits and then it's all cyberpunk all the time. Um, I really, really like Shadow of War. So here's the thing I've noticed about myself and my gaming habits. If I can just get out of the bubble of hype, uh, whatever that is, good hype, bad hype, middle hype, what will often happen if a game, a game really hits and people are stoked about it, I go in feeling like, eh, can this is, you know, this isn't as good as everybody's raving about and I'll walk away. Same thing happens if everyone's super negative about something. I'll go, oh, I don't want to be around all this negativity and I won't play it. That latter thing is what happened with Shadow of War when it came out in 2017. Only a couple of years old. That game, three years old, I guess. That game uh, came out at a time when there was huge scrutiny about things like microtransactions. And this game featured one where you could plug some money into the game and then use it to build up your armies as part of this men- this mechanic in the game. And everybody was really sour on it, despite the fact that by every account of anyone who was actually playing the game, the game itself, a true and great successor to the original game, which was already rad, great new systems and features and all kinds of cool stuff, but it had this one little thing, which was, hey, why don't we get in on the microtransactions game? 2017, that's when all that stuff came to a head. Freaking Battlefront, all that mess, all that was happening. And everybody turned on that game users did because they were like, ah, microtransactions. It was never about the game itself. I didn't buy into the hate. I just kind of went, ah, I don't want to play it right now. I owned it, but I was like, yeah, I'll just, we'll give it some time. Um, coming back to it now, I'd forgotten that pretty immediately after the backlash, they took out all that. There is no microtransactions in that game. It's gone. Just poof. doesn't exist. Uh, everything you do in the game, when you hire uh, or add abilities to stuff, you'll use some in-game currency, but it's all earned. You don't do, there is no way to pay for anything in that game anymore. So that's all just gone. It's no longer part of the of the equation. And what we're left with is me outside of the hype bubble, negative or positive, going, oh yeah, amazing game right here, ready for me. I'm going to play the shit out of this. And so that's what I'm doing. That it game's made me awesome. want to, it made me want to play it because I, I'll say this. I don't want to jump quite on the hype train yet because I'll admit Shadow of Mordor loved. Played that game nonstop till I beat it and moved on. Shadow of War, I was really excited about. I didn't let the negative comments get get me down. They, They said it was mostly an issue at the end game. And I was like, that's fine. I'm having a good time right now. But I did fall off of that game. And I'm not exactly sure what caused that. I tried to get into it two or three times, and every time I bounced off somewhere in the middle of it, mm. and I could never really put my finger on exactly what it was that knocked me out of it. It's sort of like that Arkham Origins game, where it's like, I, by all accounts, that game is just another one of those Batman Arkham games. It shouldn't be a problem. I know it's a different developer, but it's 
it plays like it. It's in the universe. Everything still makes sense to me. But for some reason, I could never finish that one. I had the same problem with this. But I will also admit you posted one picture of an orc looking around and then you posted one video of killing i think that same orc or at least one that looked like him and i was like i want to play this game yeah you do i miss it so much because you walk into a space you walk into a a clearing and you'll suddenly the camera will flip and a guy go oh ranger and you'll just like monologue for five minutes (laughs) it's so good you that's thought I was so Game good. Ranger, but now I'm going to kill oh you. You're just like, oh my goodness, this guy's great. That hurt my ears. Ed uh, is stapled on for some reason because I beheaded him the last time we fought, but he's still kicking. I love that. And the game goes so much deeper into those. I mean, a lot of the systems obviously are in the first game, but um, I'm not finding, I'm not hitting a wall at all. I'm like, I don't know, 10, 12 hours into this playthrough and... I don't know where that is in the overall scheme of things. I got to think that's around half of the main story, but um, I just love it. I just love it. I really love it. And I don't know, maybe I've got a thing with Warner Brothers productions, like Mad Max really rubbed me in every direction that was right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I loved it. That was Warner Brothers Interactive. This is also them. It's not the same developers. or They're not developers or the publisher, but still there's something about their open world games that really appeal to me. And, I'm bummed to hear that they may be selling that whole division off. Man, maybe Microsoft picked them up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, there's uh, another Microsoft. Uh, but it really makes me hunger for what a next generation Mordor game would be uh, or Shadow of War or Shadow of Mordor or whatever the hell the third one would be. I think that would be amazing to hear news on that because I just think there there's something in that game where you just bring the world to bear, you know, like orcs seem like such a threat at first, but then they are, but they're also sometimes just in the way. And once you realize that you don't need to fight everything. You're not supposed to fight everything. You're supposed to just get the hell out of there sometimes. And once you realize that, and it's all about, you've got the power to traverse wherever you want and get out of sticky situations. Then you can focus on the nemesis system. You can focus on building up your allies and you can focus on fighting and beating down those guys. I love the system that lets you, uh, humiliate, not humiliate them. Is it humiliate? Anyway, random, well, what was it? What'd you say? What was the word? Brandon. No, like it's where you, where you, it's where you, um, so right now I'm at this place where I'm, I'm recruiting captains for my orc army and to do it, you beat them down till they're broken. Little green icon basically. And then you have to hold them and then do beat a sort of almost like you're sucking the life out of them or whatever. But then you, you turn into, uh, Calabrimdor or whatever his name is. And you turn around, you hold it. Calabrimdor. Yeah. Wait, I'm writing that down. <laughs> that's, his, that's his name. It's I think it's Calabrimbor, but he's not. Or Calabrimbor. He's pretty much it. right on there. That's, he's the guy that forged the original Lord of the Rings ring. He's he's famous in the lore. But anyway, you hold Dork's <laughs> face. His last name. And you go, his last name, Jenkins. Greg. Jenkins. Um, Jenkins. Yeah, Calabrimbor Jenkins. And anyway, you hold his Jenkins. face and you go, You're a, you are mine or whatever. And then you can decide, do you want to off him? Do you want to recruit him into your army? Or if he's too high level, you can't do that yet. You have to humiliate him. So you humiliate him and it makes his levels go down (laughs) and it's great. And later when you see him again, he's all scarred up has a bandage over his eye where you stabbed him. And he's like level 12 now. And he's pissed. He's like, Oh, I remember you, Ranger. You made me feel like shit last time. (laughs) And then they, and then you fight him again. They're great. They're great. I always liked making sleeper agents where oh, you yeah. you mark a couple of them 
and then they go on patrol with all their friends, and then you just, I don't know, you Manchurian candidate them, and they just immediately <laughs> turn around, and they're just like, oh, I'm going to get you. Yeah, it's and great. And they start fighting each other. It's I think amazing. one of my favorite characters in it is, uh, so, like, everybody from, like, Critical Role does voices in this thing. They just, that's what they were back then. But uh, what's his guy? What's his name? He's married to Laura Bailey. Big Travis guy. Travis Willingham. Yeah, that guy. He does the voice of the first guy you recruit as part of the quest. He's like a great big captain dude. And every time you do something in that that mode of like recruiting orcs for your army, he comes and has some stuff to say. So he'll show up and go, oh, nice going, Ranger. I see you've done. And he'll start just telling you how you're doing good and what you should do. Dude is laugh out loud freaking funny. Like it is actually mm-hmm. really funny, his lines and what he does with that orc. So anyway... I'm having a ball. I'm having a ball with it, and it's kind of my focus right now. So I'm playing the hell out of that. Also, just a tiny comment. I got a little indie code from a developer for a game called Art of Rally. And what? It's dude. Have I ever talked? I don't want to go too long on this, but you know, have I ever talked about how I feel about rally games, like rally racing games? There's something about those games that are like a zen-like experience for me. Yeah, like on other shows, I've heard you talk about it, but I don't think we've talked about it too much on core about racing games. Like, yeah. I, I know Blur was one. I remember I bought Blur because you were. Oh, really? I, I was before we knew each other, but you were like, Blur is a great Blur. racing game. Blur. It was like one of the first games I bought on Steam. I was like, Scott Johnson said this game's awesome. And Blur is and cool. And it didn't run that good on my computers. Uh, so, you know, I never ended up playing it that much, but can I enjoyed I, it. Can remember I still, Blur? Can I still get Blur? Yeah, it's I, on Steam. I have it on Steam. Because it, oh, I thought it was gone with the consoles well anyway um i love a good racing game and some of them are zen like for me rally games are very zen like because the world is almost like a dark souls game so your car is you trying to beat the boss and the boss is the road and it's really rough and tumble and the turns are really tight and you spin out of control and fall off the cliff and you know you're by yourself you're just trying to beat the times of the other rally racers i'm a huge fan of like dirt rally one and two and all that i love those games for whatever reason they just I don't know. I get into rhythm with them, and 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 I love how they feel, and sort of the small movements of gas, brake, turn, slide a little bit, correct too soon, like all that stuff just really works for me. Um, this thing, this game knows this about me in a weird way. It's called Art of Rally, and it's this low polygon looking but very realistic driving model rally game, but it does it from a top down perspective or like a, a camera way out perspective. Um but it's still the same kind of rules in place that you got to be very careful about how you drive and everything and, and all of that, but it treats it like a Zen experience. So when you get a new car, it floats down from the sky and you choose what color you want. And it's just, it like knows that I get a Zen vibe out of these kinds of games. So it must not just be me or else why would you even make this? And it's called art of rally and it seems rad and it's on steam and it just came out like yesterday. So not enough time to to give it a full review, but I really like it. Uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just a nice escape into into sort of a, a mechanic, you know, like a mechanic that I really enjoy. Uh, John, it says here that you're still playing Marvel Avengers, but you're not going to play it for a while. Why? What happened? Yeah, I kind of leveled up the characters that I wanted to level. I'm to the loot grind with uh, a couple of the heroes that I enjoyed. And so now I don't think that's a grind I like. And I think I'm probably probably done with that game until they do some big content updates for it or put in new characters or things like that. Um, It was a lot better than I expected it to be. I wish that game had a longer, more interesting tale at the high end. 
Um, but I definitely got, you know, my $60 out of it. So I don't regret buying it. Um, I think that game could evolve into something really cool still. It's just all going to depend on how they support it. So I just sort of realized I was loading it up just to look at the costumes in the store. And then I was like, eh, okay. Uh, mm, that's never I'm, good. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I don't know if I need to play this game. Because what do I need those costumes for if I'm not going to even play the game to, to use them? So right, right. Uh, then I started. Uh, I don't want to spoil what he was playing, but Bo was streaming a game and I watched him play it. And I was like, I need to play Ooh. a strategy role playing game. So uh, I installed Disgaea PC, uh, which is an anime game and Scott would hate it. Uh, but it's a very good, very <laughs> deep strategy game. So uh, I've been having a lot of fun with that. There's really not a lot to say. Like it's, it's either the kind of thing you're into or it's not. And uh, the thing I really want to talk about, Hold on. Was this uh, on sale and I missed it? It was like 80% off and then. Oh, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, you could get this guy. A lot of the Disgaea games on PC for extremely cheap recently. In fact, Disgaea 4 just got added to Game Pass. So oh. All right. uh, each one is kind of its own story. So, Scott, if you wanted to try it, you could try Disgaea 4 for free. Okay. It's sort of interesting. It's a it's a tactics role playing game where you're playing the villains typically. Mm. But. I mean, not like hardcore villains. It's like the first story is very much a like, hey, can a demon actually be good? So, I mean, it's still got a little bit of heart to it. Um, but yes, you're basically playing as the ruler of the netherworld and stuff like that. So there's a lot of interesting little mechanics in there. Like if you want to get better items in the shop. Because the shop's like, okay, well, we have three levels of guns we'll sell you. And you say, okay, well, I want better guns because I have gotten past this. You can put it in front of the demon council for a vote to see if they'll give you better items in the store. But they might not want to give you better items, so you have to bribe the senators to vote for you. Or if they vote against you and say, no, we're not going to put better items in the store, you can fight the senators to make them put better items in the store. Huh. It's got systems on top of systems. It's really cool. It's got kind of a quirky, uh, though slightly dated sense of humor. And uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So uh, I do recommend it. And uh, yeah, then today, as of today, there was an update to No Man's Sky on the PC. Oh, yeah. Um, Tell me about this, because the, the talk was not so much content as it is a revisiting of everything in the game to make just everything look better, more diverse, more unique, more whatever, right? Yeah, so they're kind of internally dub, dubbing this 3.0 mm-hmm. for No Man's Sky. Yeah. Um, their last update was kind of the creepy horror space vibe. Um, and now this one, uh, is if you look at the patch notes, there's a ton, there's a mountain of them. It's UI and how things are displayed and this and that. But mostly the biggest thing is that there have just been visual updates and additions made to the game on every planet. And so far from my experience of going in and starting a new game, I've been to four planets and I've gone, wow, on every single planet. Now, your mileage of what that wow might be could vary. But the very first planet I visited, I got there and I landed and the planet was covered in these like 
They look straight out of Doom or Quake-looking square sarcophagi. They're these big, stony boxes with spikes on them. And I was like, this looks freaking heavy metal. This is a heavy metal planet. And I named the planet Planet Doom. And then I proceeded to see the creatures on this planet, and it was these burrowing creatures that look like drill bits that pop up out of the earth and then drill back underneath, or eyeballs that pop up from under the earth and look at you, or one is a freaking buzzsaw that's just rolling around the planet, and I was like... I named this planet appropriately. This is the most metal freaking planet I've ever (laughs) been on. This thing is great. I love this planet. So I made Planet Doom. I have a little base called Phobos on there that I feel real good about uh, everything with. And so from that to they've got more worlds that kind of look like, uh, you know, the first time you went to one of those artificial worlds and you saw like the glitches and stuff like that. Yeah. They've got different types of those. So I saw one where it was just all minerals and like giant columns that were erupting out of the ground. And even the more bare bones, basic, you know, I've been there before I started on an ice world. So it was just kind of snowy and icy. But even that there were these weird plants growing from the sky with like tentacles that came down out of them. I got caught out in the middle of an ice storm, which instead of in the past, if there was a storm, it basically made a sound and then your screen got foggy and that was the storm. (laughs) Now there's actual effects. So while the storm was going, my visor started to freeze over. I could see lightning blasts hitting the ground all around me. I actually felt like, Oh gosh, I need to get into shelter. Um, I went to another planet. that was a paradise planet and I could see small meteorites falling into the atmosphere. Oh my God. You're describing a completely new game. Yeah. It sounds amazing. Like visually it's amazing. It's still the same game experience. So if you've played it recently, you kind of know what to expect with regards to that. But visually, it's starting to hit that level of like, oh, this is what I wanted. Like, I got the ability to warp. And instead of just going, well, the quest says warp. I thought, no, I need to check out these other planets. I need to see what's on them because I'm genuinely interested and that's kind of hitting more what the original vision was for the game. So. Yeah, the whole idea is that everything you saw was explorable and new or felt, you know, at least had enough of it feeling new and not just like a variation slightly from the last place you went. That's what everybody seems to be saying about it. It seems to be really widely uh, loved this update. And uh, my favorite thing was a video I saw of what looked like dune worms. Yep, dune worms are in it. Dune worms. Mm-hmm. Like huge are there ones. Desert, like, like I know there are desert planets, but are there like more deserty planets? Did you see one of those? Uh, not yet. I haven't been to a desert world yeah. yet. I've been. To they have the fire planets that are kind of deserty, but I more mean like what Scott's thinking of. You know, well they've point, added yeah. full on like volcanoes and fire, and like I guess forest fires and stuff like that can break out if there's too much firestorms going on, and like oh, it's wow. kind of nuts the stuff they've added visually to this game and. It's just made me want to reinstall it because that seems to be the pattern. I go, yeah, this is a good time. And I play for 40 hours or something like that. And then I go, I don't need this installed on my computer anymore. I uninstall it. And then I think a little 
notice pops up on Sean Murray's computer that John uninstalled No Man's Sky, and he goes, push the next update. He uninstalled it. Get him back again. Yeah. And they put something else out, and I go, well, shit. Now I got to load it back up <laughs> yeah. again. There's been a few it. updates since I last played. Hmm. Yeah, they, they got the scare, the uh, horror thing. I haven't even looked at that yet. So I'm Horror gonna... thing, it seems like it's really cool. I haven't done it yet, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going through derelict ships and having, you know, essentially a Zerg infestation on them. Um, there's really some cool horror elements that they've leaned into. And uh, there's just cool stuff you run into even in space. Like the video shows like uh, space jellyfish. Oh, like yeah. just floating around out there and yeah, stuff like that. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. So, um, by the way, okay, two things. One, if you find a fire planet, you name it... Um, California. That's your job. Number two. <laughs> I thought it was Australia. Okay. Oh, well, that, okay. that may work part of the year. You could, you could name it whatever you want. You call it Utah right now because we have our fair number of fires. But anyway, so yeah. uh, forget about that bad joke. Now let's go back to space. Oh, the space stations. <laughs> Are the space Weird stations, sudden. have they refreshed how those look? Because you know they're all kind of like that, just that blue tube. And then you go up one side or the other and it's all sort of structured the same every time. Has is, is any of that been touched or tweaked that's mostly the same although there's some new vendor types up there like there's a scrap vendor that sells illicit goods so you can you can trade the stuff that you get for killing the um the sentinels or whatever they're called yeah when you kill them there's a certain component you get he takes that and he'll trade you like illicit items for it Oh, or, you're talking about Parisium or something like that, right? Yeah, it's no, something like no. that. And, Space pornography. And I don't know if that's just something to enhance the, like, buy low, sell high, or, you know, maybe space cops will come after you. Uh, I, I'm not sure why you do it. Yeah, That's um, the next update, John. Hurry up and uninstall your game so yeah. you get space cops. Yeah, space cops. <laughs> so I've run into that. So I was surprised by this because this wasn't in there the last time I played. It used to be if you got too much heat on you, you just get in the ship and you go into space. And the last time I did that, they sent the space cops after me. Oh, I, I got into space and all of a sudden enemy sentinels in space warped in. And I was like, oh, crap, I'll go back to the planet. And they followed me and we had a dogfight in atmosphere. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that happens. I don't know if that's new. The way to sneak it is just don't when you launch, just stay in the atmosphere and don't go to space. And then yeah. you bug it out like they, they never send anyone after you. Oh, Unless they fixed bad. it. Maybe they I did. Maybe they they heard you cheating like that, and they were like, "Oh <clears> shit!" <laughs> yeah, you just you just get in your ship and hover, and just like slowly go away, and then they're just they get lose interest. And the other thing is dig a hole as deep into the ground as you possibly can and hide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Uh, by the way, uh, side note that I forgot to mention. So I've been, I reinstalled that today just based on John talking in our Slack about this. So I'm pretty excited to check that out. But I also played, I forgot to mention, played Hades a bunch more now that it's out of early access. Oh, yeah. Dude, that game is very cool and deserves, well, it deserves it's getting on uh, Steam. Right now, 28,595 reviews. All, I can't find a negative one. Overwhelmingly positive across the board. Like, that is a, that looks like the roguelike to beat for the rest of the year. Like, it looks like we were... I mean, we all liked it, or John and I liked it in early access, but 
Sounds like they yeah. just knocked it out of the park. And truth is, after playing it for a bit, it just felt like a glove. It's like, oh yeah, this this is, is a controller or mouse and keyboard. Can be both, but way. I would recommend controller. It feels more actiony like that. Eh? Oh yeah, okay. you can go. I, I own it. I just never played it. I oh, think I bought it a year ago you would or love something like this that. Game. Although this may be a stay up on. You know, it looks pretty awesome. Maybe once I finish uh, the game I'm playing, then I'll try this one out finally. Speaking of which. The Banner Saga, mm-hmm. uh, a game I always wanted to devote time to, and I own. You bought me the it. second one. That's right, I did. I it was like it. a gift or some something like that. I yeah. never played it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even feel like Scott bought. I should enjoy it. I'm like, no, I just I'm not into it. But no. now I'm all in. I'm doing all three games. Yeah. What do you think? And I'm streaming all of it on my channel, so you won't miss a thing. If I'm playing it, I'm turning the stream on. You might not like what you see, it, but how do you feel about streamed. the actual combat? Like the part. Oh, it's really good. Is it? Okay. So it's not flashy or exciting. It's really good strategic wise. I enjoy the strategy of it because your health is also your attack power in that game. So if you have 13 health, you do 13 damage. But everyone also has a second number, which is their armor. So let's say I'm hitting somebody for 10 damage and they have 8 armor. If I attack their health, I only do 2 damage. Now I can attack their armor, but that's a separate number. Usually you can do between 2 to 3 damage to armor at a time but like you could if you have 20 health you can do 20 damage to health if they don't have armor so there's this weird dynamic between armor and health and your damage output is your health so if you have a guy who's 20 you're like oh yeah i'm gonna do 20 points of damage and you screw up and the enemy takes your health down to three then all of a sudden you're only doing three dps and not 20 or three Mm -hmm. dpt you know and um so you have to strategize about protecting your guys as much as hitting them. And when you get injured, you're less effective in battle, which really feels like actual how combat works. Like people don't take hits and are super energetic until you kill them. They might get shot in the foot, suffer tissue shock and be completely ineffective in the combat scenario that you're in. Right. So um, I like it better. (laughs) It's actually as, as far as far as tactical gaming goes, it's like, it makes way more sense than the RPG trappings that we have. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Um, I played through the first one, which I've already played through before. So I played it a second time and I've just started game two and I'm really enjoying it so far. My oh. daughter's died. Um, <laughs> the main character, Rook, I'm sort of, I'm voice acting all the roles while I do it too. Not very well, but like there's, there's some voiceover, but mostly it's not voiceover. So I've got voices for all the different characters in the game and the main character, Rook, He's like, if Keanu Reeves played the Batman, mm. and that's kind of what I'm going for. Yeah. So, like, let's get these banners moving to the human city. <laughs> All right. We'll save this weird Viking world with no only white people in it. Yeah. Sounds great. So far. There I might like, be. I like the know, big dudes with the horns. The big horn dudes are cool. Yeah, the Varl. Yeah, the Varl, dude. They're cool. Yeah. No, there it's it's awesome. The art style is great too. It's like watching a painting, mm-hmm. like it's like an interactive painting game because it's not flashy and full of stuff, but it's beautiful. And the music soundtrack, you forget the soundtrack in that game won awards. Oh, it's beautiful. It's incredible. Yeah, it's really it, and it's just like it's one of those things where like the Banner Saga is an example of game as an artistic experience as much as it is you're playing a game that's very yeah. involving the way video games are sure. that isn't trying to to flash all kinds of things at you but it isn't so sterile of a game that it got rid of the fun parts it's kind of a perfect balance but 
it's not fast paced, so I can see a lot of people not enjoying it for that reason. Well, I want to. I'll watch some of your stream. It may get me going again. I want to. I mean, I love turn based combat, and I like story. In in every way, that thing should grab me. I was devastated when my daughter died. I yeah. was like, oh, I forgot about this whole dynamic at the end of one. Oh. I was like, <gasps> and I sent her to her death. Yeah. She's like, dad. I know you don't want me to shoot the arrow at the big bad bellower, but I can do it. You have to let me do this. Yeah. And I was like, okay, daughter, but be careful. I'll I'll protect you. (laughs) But then she died. She shot the arrow and it was battle. It went crazy. And her corpse was lying on the floor. And what's really awesome is in two Rook, there's, there's a tutorial. Yeah. Easy. Pass it. And then everyone retreats into the bush and Rook is like, not finished. And he runs into the bush. And then the first battle is a seven on one where you're Rook. Oh, my Lord. And you have to beat seven dredge. You're supposed to die. It's a cinematic moment. Yeah. But I beat it. I killed all seven <laughs> of those bastards. Yeah. It took me four tries. And each try was about 30 to 45 minutes. And that la- I, I made a few miscalculations on turn towards the end of the scenario. So I kept restarting because it it's the first battle. Yeah. And I unlocked the achievement for clearing does 1v7. it change the story outcome or does it? Yeah. So uh, not, not, not really. But like when the guys come in, instead of being like, Rook, you idiot, what are you doing? He's like, I got to kill them all. He's more like, everyone walks in is like, whoa, what'd you do? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> that's right bitch you know or whatever like he doesn't say that um but, oh man i know. was excited that he might have but everyone tutorial. looks at you and goes whoa and you know so yeah. that tutorial sounds epic the one i played the disgaea tutorial is yeah. interesting for a completely different reason which is a secondary character is trying to teach the main character how to play the game and in every tutorial stage, she gets the main character either beaten up or killed by playing it improperly and then going, okay, yeah, that's an example of what not to do. Yeah. And I, I've always loved that little touch of it's a tutorial that explains it and then shows you how not to engage with the systems it just told you about. <laughs> Man, all games should have that. <laughs> <laughs> Think about which games that would be funniest in. Yeah, like like uh, learning how to run dungeons properly in an instance. Like, sure, sure. You're the tank. Here's what not to do. And you turn around <laughs> and like aggro the whole room and run, and then you die. <laughs> nah, it's a better way of learning than telling you you're going to be awesome and then you screw up yourself, right? I'd rather have the help, I guess. All right. Well, that's all well and good. Let's do this now. That's a good question. Quick email from a listener. This is from Ender, who says, Hey there, core boys. He sent this to talktothecore at gmail.com. Yeah, that's right. Talk to the core at gmail.com. We're getting a bunch there. Thank you, everybody, by the way. It's awesome to see you using that email address, and we'd love more. Uh, Ender says, in the recent couple of episodes, you guys were talking about how Miles Morales webbing looks a little weird. The reason for that is it's actually based on the comics. Miles is introduced after the death of Peter Parker, and Aunt May learns about the new Spider-Man running around town and arranges a meeting to pass on Peter's web shooters and the recipe for creating the webbing. Initially, Miles is using the same webs as Peter, but after he runs out of his friends, uh, runs out his friends' attempts to make web fluid, uh, and he just isn't the scientist like Peter, and is also 13 years old. He gets it kind of close, but not exact. Anyway, I love the show though, Ender. So, John's this jive with what you know about uh, those comics? You're a reader. Uh, probably. I missed a lot of the Miles Morales stuff because I kind of checked out of comics around the time that he was coming up. So, I read some early stuff. I read the death of Peter Parker and the early bits of him taking over. Um, I didn't actually love Miles Morales at first. Uh, 
they based him on a middle schooler and they tried to give him the same like drama life as Peter. And I'm probably just got old man about it and was like, what sort of drama does a middle schooler have? Yeah. And I, I just didn't, I, it kind of made me check out. I was like, whatever. I have a hard enough time believing high school drama, let alone middle school drama. Who cares? Come back when he's a little older and some of this stuff actually matters. But uh, I did get into it once he came back into the Marvel Universe proper because right around the time Peter died and Miles took over, they did a little story called Ultimatum, which destroyed the Ultimate Universe and was awful and the worst thing ever. Uh, And so I kind of bounced off of those comics, but... uh, no, that makes sense. Makes sense that he because I know he didn't invent the web shooter, so it would make sense that he has uh, a little trouble with the formula. It's just the formula is a little off. It's a little spewy. It's a little black. Kind of goes. In It'd be weird directions. if everybody could do it, right? Because then why doesn't everybody have web shooters? Right. Exactly. We'd all have them. Well, yeah. everybody in the universe would have them for sure. Uh, thanks for your email, Ender. Be a lot of dead people, though. Oh yeah, tons. Right? Imagine me getting web shooters to sling up onto a building, going, "Oh shit, how do I land?" <laughs> like, yeah, no, I'd die. I'd die. Related for sure. slinger deaths every day. But I guess Spider Men can take some damage, though. So you'd probably be all right. You'd roll. Yeah, but we're not talking about getting spider powers. We're talking about just everybody getting the web shooters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, good point. (laughs) That's what I mean. Everyone's got web shooters. It's easy. Yeah, sure. This is great. Wait, how do I get off Ah! this thing? Ah! Yep. Fall down to your screen. Shoot the web. What? (laughs) Sounds right to me. Uh, Well, thanks, Ender. You are our email ender of the show. Well done. (laughs) Get it? Because he ended things and his name's Ender. Anyway, Mm -hmm. well done. Thanks a lot. And you're great. Also, a reminder that this show is supported by your contributions over at patreon.com slash core show. Without you, there is no show. So if you want to keep it going, head on over there and contribute. You'll get great rewards for it. Don't take my word for it. Just read about it. Patreon.com slash core show. You can find us at core pod on Twitter. John's at John underscore Jagger. I'm at Scott Johnson. Bo is at Bo Schwartz. And uh, you can find, uh, oh yeah, email us. I almost forgot. Talk to the core at gmail.com. That's talk to the core at gmail.com. That's I got one thing us. to add. Yeah, I was going to say quick, quick uh, closing comments from Bo. Go. Yeah. Just um, if you came this far in the show, looking for the Bo zone there. Welcome. This is it. I hope you enjoyed the section. <laughs> Don't worry. Bozone Lair will come back again soon. And I only bring it up because, you know, we mentioned at the top of the show, you're probably looking for it. And well, earlier were listening in the show, hard, you might have missed it. So funny here, thing here is we are in the Bozone Lair. And anyways, that's it. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's all good. In the, the in the early part of the show, we kind of had a mini one, you know, we talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fine. I'm just like, I, I just know that we sold it really hard in the beginning and <laughs> yeah. then didn't do it. So I just wanted, if somebody <laughs> only stuck around because they're like, I'm only here because the Bozone Lair sounded like fun. All right. No, that's I, and, fair. And I just wanted to say, like, hi. And, you know, we didn't have time. Thanks. Yeah, no. What you say is correct. <laughs> hi, and we didn't I've have time. I've been on the show longer than a TWBD episode. I Here, I'll play forgot. I'll play this in, 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 in lieu of it. Hold on. <laughs> there. It's not so bad. You got that in your ears. Everything's fine. John, yeah. final words of wisdom before we go? No, I no? can't follow. I can't. I can't follow up post screaming, oh, uh, laser man. blast into people's ears. That's a good can't idea. Be done. All right. Well, now that we know that, that's it. Thanks everybody for being here. We'll be here next week with more from the pages of Core. And who knows? Maybe by then, Xboxes will become plentiful. 
like the fruit on the tree. Uh, if not, good luck with whatever you're doing. We'll see you all then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.